My name is Matt Brown. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Let's try to follow that one up. The late, great John Facenda of NFL Films. Autumn is here, everybody. It's going to be a great time. Let's make sure that happens. And let's start the show. I, I would say nice to meet you, but now I'm leaving time as a concept, so I'll just say we always met. everybody the world is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast it is wednesday september 8th 2021 summer is now done the fall is just upon us and we have some great times ahead and i guarantee that before we get into that fun that we're about to have in one of the best episodes in the history of this podcast i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and to check out exclusive content regarding this show go to productiveconversationspodcast.com and don't forget to check us out in the world of social media we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast we're on twitter at prodcomo pod we're on tiktok at productive conversations yes it was a great labor day weekend though we had a sudden occurrence and something out of my control took place hence why the show is airing today instead of yesterday but the wait will be worth it the anticipation is real and you will be satisfied at the end of it and we'll be back to our regular schedule from here. Besides that, the weather did come out. It was a nice weekend indeed. I went to visit my grandma down in North Carolina for a few days. It was very sweet. Saw my brother killed in his JV game for Wagner College against a prep school that is blanking my mind but very proud of him and he had some great reps out there being the quarterback. And my brother Tommy has won great football great future in college football he really does so proud of him for that the Yankees making moves as we hit the final month of the year NFL starts in exactly two days and don't forget we have a big NFL show on Thursday don't forget to look out for that and then on Sunday here we go the first NFL Sunday of the year. I will be at MetLife Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Giants versus Broncos for a big home opener. And you know the joy I'm about to experience. The thrill that's going to take place. And I hope you can all live vicariously through, through me. And because, I mean football is back so excited to be my my first football game in two years and it's going to be thrilling it really is and yeah fall season 
the fall. I know it's technically not starting until, you know, what? The final two weeks in September, but we all know once Labor Day is done, summer's over. I will say I'm very blessed to say that I have great. I had a really great summer, really great summer with travels and friends and family and good times. But now we're in my favorite month. Sorry, we're now in my favorite time of year, the fall. The pumpkin spice lattes are out. The flannels are coming back. The uh, nice drip we have in hoodie and hoodie weather and hoodie and shorts weather specifically is my favorite and i mean the leaves are gonna change the crisp fall air is coming get your Oktoberfest vibes going and start thinking about what you're gonna do for halloween so fall is here it is going to be a great fall as long as we make it and let's make sure we accomplish what we are out here to do and let's live our best life and we have a lot to accomplish today Ladies, gentlemen, and people, we have, like I said, one of the best episodes of this show ever. Tomar Joseph is in the building today. He is a former college athlete. He is a Newark High School legend. He is one of the coolest, smoothest, most genuine dudes out there. And he is as cool as the cool side of the pillow. But seriously, this guy is a part of a great sports technology startup called Inform Stats that we're about to learn as they try to combine recruiting with sports technology and get the best out of their recruits and catch their amazing footage they have. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get real honest and deep about failed school systems and overcoming that. We talk about how women athletes need and deserve to get paid more. We talk about how so many problems need to be addressed and fixed. And this is not only a productive conversation, but it's a real authentic and profound experience in the sense that me and Tomo are very honest. Of course, we laugh. Of course, we uh, have lots of smiles on our faces, and it was great catching up with my old high school buddy. But Tomar had a lot of great things to say and a lot of important things to say, and I really want to make that clear as we get into this episode. And be sure you take it all in because this is not only a show where we inform, where we inspire, where we entertain, but this is a great podcast because there's just so many things that need to be addressed and talked about. And I will let it all unfold right now with that. So here it is, one of the best episodes of this podcast so far, a true classic and a very important one. Tomar Joseph, it is your turn. Let's get to it. today but this person is literally a Norwalk legend this person is on my podcast and we are having a great moment because of it seriously it's the one the only Tomar Joseph is on the Productive Conversations podcast Tomar my great old buddy how have you been man it's great to see you thanks for coming on 
No, I appreciate you for having me, Matt. And uh, yeah, I've just been good, man. Just living life, traveling, just enjoying, you know, even though we're in a pandemic, but, you know, I've just been able to just travel a little bit, just explore life a little bit more. Uh, and just like, you know, just been around, just just doing new things in life and just, just trying to explore more, you know, coming Absolutely. from a small city like Norwalk is, is definitely good to get out and experience the world. Exactly. I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Norwalk's a great place to uh, play your seed, but it's time to grow out and see what else is out there. Uh, where are you? Are you in Norwalk right now? Where Where are you? Uh, down I'm down in Atlanta right now. Atlanta. Yeah. Talk to me about that. How long have you been in Atlanta? So I've been in Atlanta for about what I came down here in July. All no, right. No, 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 no. no. And not July. It was um May. May. I moved down May. Here. I moved down here in May. Um, Yo, really? Awesome. So, but it was like back and forth. Like I was still coming back um between Atlanta and uh Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And then July was actually like when I finished like doing everything and I finally like, all right, I'm down here for good now. Stopped all the back and forth stuff. So yeah. How about that? Uh dude, tell me, why don't we talk right away? Tell me about like some of the real culture shocks you've gotten from moving to Atlanta, about being up in the Northeast, they coming down to the South on uh, a big city in the South. What are like some of the real big differences from the two areas? Um, I want to say Atlanta people are a little bit more nicer, kind of. Mm-hmm. What is Customer service out here sucks. One. <laughs> um, two. Um, it's a little slower pace. Mm-hmm. Um, three, it's a lot more opportunity. It's a lot more opportunity, um, especially with like young African American males and, and women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, a great city to move to if you're young. Um, you're just, just trying to explore and, and explore yourself, whether that be through entrepreneurial route or if you're looking to get into new, one of these new corporate companies that are up and coming. Yeah. Just like it's better opportunity. And for me, I've seen that it's just better opportunity for me rather than staying up in the Northeast. It's almost like I feel like uh, the Northeast is like a gatekeeping system, mm-hmm. like corporate jobs and stuff like that. Or even like yeah. just trying to get into certain companies. It's like a gatekeeping thing. You got to know somebody to get in. Mm-hmm. You gotta know somebody, somebody to know somebody. And it's like Atlanta. It's like, you know, as long as you can show that you can do the work and you can actually like, you know, just be be available and, and just like show that your work ethic is like for me i think i've done better with that and just having a better opportunity as well as like just being able to explore myself and um you know just use my education as a as a source um because like you know in the northeast we come from like one of the smartest areas in the country so Definitely. it's like everyone has a bachelor's everyone has a master's so it's like you got to find around a way to differentiate yourself so and i feel like going down south is like a way that is like it was able it was easier yeah like the vibe I get is like you can really make a name for yourself down in Atlanta. Like you don't have to, you know, bow down to a certain system. Yeah. You, you could really make your own brand. And I hear that. And I know and another thing I know about Atlanta is like big into movies, and television, a huge industry down there. The stuff Tyler Perry's doing. I know a lot of Marvel stuff has been yeah. shot down there. A lot of young filmmakers yeah. heading over. Atla- uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta, one of the best shows of all time. That shot over there. You really must feel like you're in a special place for this whole country, don't you? Like a real yeah. up and coming 
an up and coming place that it's like a place where you know if you really want to up and get yourself up and coming whether whatever industry you want to get yourself into whether that be business you know um like i said the entrepreneurial realm or if you want to do acting any type of media nightlife that you can really you could you can you can get yourself out out and about in here and then you could just really blow up and do things that are different from um your your regular norm from like you know being from a small city even though we're so close to the city we have so much access to like you know media companies and mm-hmm. being at having like new york at our background is as, as like a um as a backyard to our disposal as far as like coming from connecticut but it's just like you know um People are just, I feel like people in Atlanta are just way more friendly and they're willing to like network more than people in New York or like yeah. just the, the Northeast in general. I feel like, you know, it's not fake out here, but it's like, you know, people in Atlanta are not going to treat you like, oh, they don't know who you are. So like <laughs> they're not, they're going to treat you. All right. Cause you know what I'm saying? They don't know who you are. You may be somebody, they just don't know who you are yet. So they're not going to come off as disrespectful and not want to, you know what I'm saying? Not want to yeah. help you or, or because they really don't know who you are so they'll help you out with just for that simple fact that i don't know this person yet but he still might be somebody so let me just put my best foot forward and see what see what'll happen it's more of that down there than it is like um than you would say up here um in connecticut and like new york in general because it's like I, I struggled like being in connecticut it was hard i was just like but i had I had decent jobs. It was just like coming out of college. It was just like, you know, you get that culture shock where you get that shock where you think like, all right, I got my degree now. Like I'm about mm-hmm. to go out and make like 60 to K this 80 K or a bachelor's degree. And that's just like a, it's a complete, like, yeah, no, like who told you that? Like, and you're like, well, the college sheet said, if I make a, if I get a bachelor's degree, <laughs> it says I should be making 60 K my first year out. And every job is just offering you like 35, 40, mm-hmm. 45. It's like, well, like, damn, like, what am like, what is this? And you just like you kind of shocked at about it and you realize that you got to do more to get more and you just like fuck that because that's one thing i hated about working at one of my old jobs i was just like they really wanted us to do more just to get ahead and i'm just like you guys aren't paying this shit so it's like yeah i'm about to keep busting my ass for bullshit pay and that's like i think i learned now i was like yeah i gotta get up out of here it's just like figured out like yo i said i gotta take a chance i gotta get up out of here uh, i have a um me and my business partners, we we ran an Airbnb service down in um down in Atlanta. So that's what kind of sparked sp- um sparked me to move down there and just like, all right, let's figure out like what else I can do besides this Airbnb thing, and figure it and just and just get it going. Look at that, man! I really admire what you did, Tomar. You got a lot of respect for me. You knew how to make lemons out of lemonade, and uh, you, that's always admirable. And sometimes something doesn't work, you do have to fix it and. I appreciate you actually, you know, putting money where your mouth is and looking for a better place than just be another complainer up here. As yeah, you know, we have plenty of it. We've been from Connecticut. We always hear, oh, I hate being from here. I hate, I hate that I'm scared. <laughs> Yo, bro, you're not shackled to this place. Like, you can yeah. get you can get up and go. Like, there's nothing. There's like, even if you have to, like, you got to struggle for a few months when you move to the new place that you moved to, okay, so what? But, like, suck it up. You know, it's like, yeah. It, it's like I'm not the type to hear like I hate hearing oh I hate being from here it sucks being in from it doesn't suck people don't understand that 
Connecticut really does have a lot of great values to it. We have New York literally in our backyard, yep. as well as Boston, two great media cities, um, and like just a lot of major cities, things like that all happen between where we're from. So it's like you can run into something or you can get into things that, you know, will propel your career. It's just that you got to be about it. And then it's like, even if you're still being about it and you just can't find nothing, that's okay. It's like, just don't give up and start bitching and moaning and like, Definitely. oh, nothing's working for me. Like, you know, I went through that phase too, where it's like when I got out of college, I kind of got into depression because no one tells you about like, you know, after school, like, you know, where you're always, you always have this camaraderie amongst you and your friends where it's like, you always feel like people are supporting you and they're on your back. And then like, when you get out of school, it's like, you kind of, you got to figure it out. You got your parents hounding you now. Like, all right, yeah. so what are you doing? What did you get this degree for? What are you doing? Like, what are you about to, what are you about to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm Haitian. So like my parents are big on education. And so mm-hmm. like when it came to like that stuff and I got out of school and like, I'm trying to get a job and like my parents are like, it took me like, I think like a month or two to get a job after school. Right. And, uh, you know, I think the worst thing I did was I took a job that I didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. And that, that drove my depression a little bit where it was like, it was driving me crazy because I hated that job so much. And I know I didn't want to be working there and I didn't, and I stayed there and I was just like, all right, fuck it. Like it is what it is, but I hated working there every day. I hated getting up in the morning. It started to get hard to get up in the morning just to go to work. So it was just like, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people that ended up being like 10, 10, 15 years down the line. I'm still at this job and I fucking hate it. Yeah. You know, I'm telling everybody, oh, I fucking hate this place. I hate my life. I hate this job. Like, I didn't want to be that person. And I always said, like, oh, I don't want to be this person that's, that acts like that. And so, like, I, it just came to me. It was just like, you know, I had a few conversations with my brothers um, mm-hmm. who both live out of state. And then um, at the time, and then the uh, same thing with, like, a few of my friends who were living out of state at the time. It was just like, hey, like, yo, just go for it, honestly. You don't got to worry about nothing. It's like, you know, if anything, you fall on your ass, like, you can still go to your parents. You can still, I can still reach out to my parents and be like, I'm struggling. I need some yeah. help. They would still help me, you know what I mean? So it's like, of course. I think some people... So, granted, some people don't have that 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 type of like you know what I'm saying support system. But they can always count on their parents or whoever the case may be. They don't they don't have that support system. Um, if you don't, I I don't I can't give advice on that. But for those who do have that support system that they can fall back and like if they ever do fall in the hard times, they can have people help them out and get to get get to um, get them back on track. I would say go for your dreams and like just go 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 100 miles and go 100 miles an hour. Um, and if you crash, you crash. Just get up. Yeah. No crash is too bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's always going to be ups and downs in life. So it's just like, you know, get up and, and keep it pushing because, you know, I, I, there's going to be shit. Like you said, there's going to be lemons. You better learn how to make lemonade out of these right. situations because, you know, not everything's perfect. And, you know, everyone comes from different circumstances and backgrounds and stuff, but you just got to learn to keep persevering and fighting through. Um, and I think that's one thing I, I learned when, when I like I started going to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just telling me, like, you know, you're not in a bad space. You're actually doing pretty much better than a lot of people in your age range, in your age range. And like, just in general, you're doing a lot better. But to me, it was just like, I wasn't satisfied with what I was doing. And I think that was causing an issue for me personally, where I was just like, I know I should be better somewhere and being doing something more, but it was just like, you know, you got to kind of find yourself, um, in these places and in these circumstances, you just got to find yourself and, and force yourself to do more. Um, and it's so you start to, to see more from yourself. But if you just, like like you said, if you just be be negative about everything and you're just always bitching and moaning, like, oh, shit is not going my way for me. This is like, this is that. Like, oh, life is hard. Yeah, life is hard. But like, you got to just get up. 
and just like you know brush it off and like keep keep it pushing because no one no one cares at the end of the day like <laughs> no one cares like when it comes down to it, as much as it sucks like and we try to say oh we're here for people and we always like we love people and we like you can always love people but it's like when it comes down to it everyone has their own life you got to wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror every day and just realize like you know what am I doing today that's going to make me a little bit better than what I was yesterday? If you spend the same 24 hours not getting better every day, you're going to start seeing the, like, the fruits of your labor. What you put in is what you get out. Mm-hmm. And same thing with sports and the same thing with life. What you put into the game is what you're going to get out of life. Regardless of what you do, you can go, if you, can, if you go every day without doing nothing, you're not going to get nothing back from life. If you go out in the world and you try to actually produce something, do something with yourself, you're going to get it back eventually. It may not, it doesn't, like I always try to tell people, like it doesn't take like a hundred thousand people for you to, to for you to blow up. It just you just need one person to believe in you. Yeah. If that one person believes in you, it turns into two, then two to three, four, five, six, seven. Then you get to that hundred thousand. But you just always need one person. So I think when people are like just for people to understand it, it's just like you know, you you kind of have to be a little not cutthroat with yourself, but you got especially for males, and it it, it sounds toxic, but it's like. You just got to learn to just like, just push it off and just like keep it pushing. And it's like, yeah, you got to learn to just put the emotions to the side and just like, you know, just, just, just hunker down and get it done. Cause at the end of the day, if you don't get it done. Someone else is going to get it done. And you just <laughs> wasting time. So I, I feel like, you know, just doing these things that I've, I've learned to do and just like, um, just my, my life experience since like graduating high school just kind of just showed me like, yo, like anything is possible. Like there's people that, you know, that wake up every day and hate what they're doing. It's like, I just didn't want to be that person. Like we had teachers that, you know, they hated teaching us every day. Oh my God. Especially as we get older, he was like, wow. Start to realize like, yo, they really just, it wasn't them. It's not their fault. They just hated this shit because they really got, they got trapped into it. You know, whatever the circumstances that life drove them to be in these circumstances, they got drove into it and then they ended up hating this shit. And it's like, they kind of took it out on us, but it's like, I realized like, I just don't want to be that person that I hate the shit that I'm doing. And then I take it out on other people and nobody wants to be around me. People don't want to be cool with me. It's like, cause that, that bad negative energy, no one wants to be around that bad negative energy. So especially nowadays. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So today is a big, it's like not in today's society. It's just like energies that you get around from people. It's just like, it's really important of protecting your peace and just protecting your energy. Cause certain things that will come into your life and you just like, if you exhaust bad energy out, it'll, it'll, it'll just like, tear you apart. I always try to, I was like, I, I was telling my girlfriend this the other day, I was just like, yo, like, anger is such a waste of an emotion. It really is. Like, it makes you break of, the wrong decisions a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, a lot of the time, like, people, people will say, oh, I was just mad. Now that, but you was just mad, like, but you just blew a whole situation out of proportion because you was mad. And now you fucked yourself up. You don't burn the bridge or now you in trouble with some shit. Or it's just like anger is just a waste of an emotion. And you waste so much time being angry that, you know, there's always a solution. I always think about it like, all right, someone did me wrong. That's cool. Like, but what's the solution to figuring out that, you know, I either I'm not going to fuck with you again or it's just like, you know what? I got to figure out a solution to better myself in this situation. So at the end of the day, I don't lose. Cause it's a lesson, you know what I'm saying? There's things that oh, just, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like letting, letting anger not get, get control of you or just having anger built up. Um, 
that's like a pro that's like an aspect that people a lot of people just got to learn to let go of like a lot of anger that we just like we we're built up with a lot of rage and anger because like we're not where we're at where we want to be in life and that's okay you know what i mean so i'm I'm definitely not where I want to be at yet, but I'm definitely getting there. And eventually soon I'll be there. But it's like, you know, having that positive mindset and and outlook on life is just like where I'm at now. Like, basically, it's like, you know, you know, just a lot of these new things that we do um, just for me, myself, with um, just like a little bit of meditation and just like, you know, just trying to stay grounded a lot. Is um is basically what I'm what I'm like what I do now like just to you know just to keep just to stay level headed because you know there's time where the job gets you frustrated where you're like fuck this job like I oh, hate yeah. this you know what I mean like or it's like my more day, than once Tobar oh you know, my god my day job is cool now like I like my day job you know what I'm saying but like there's times I'm like yo fuck this job like I hate this shit but it's yeah. like you know what it's not that bad you know what I mean it's a it's a cool gig. And it's like, you know, the people I work with are really nice people. They don't never mean bad. Like, you know, we all get frustrated because it's like, it's a shit show in our office sometimes. So it's like, mm-hmm. and it's not our fault. So it's like, you know what? <laughs> we can't be mad at each other. It's like, it's literally, we cannot take out our frustrations on each other. So having that anger, frustration, or like any type of bad ill ill will or resentment, yeah. it's like, it's not, yeah, it's not something that's like, you know, I think that holds a lot of people back from them getting to where they want to be. It's just like, they took an, a, a small, minute situation and, blew it out of proportion and just made it so much bigger than what it was. Absolutely. And you know, another thing to add on to what you're saying and an emotion that I've do my, I have to remind myself every day for it, but one emotion to take out is also being cynical and being jealous of others who may be in another spot. And then I realized that there was a point where, and you said it perfectly is wasting time. Like, okay, this world it's so true. This is an unforgiving world where people who work hard will never get what they deserve. And the people who don't deserve things will get what they want. And I feel that's just a hard, a hard fucking reality. But there's no reason to, you know, hate it. There's no reason to, uh, as you said, be anger, be angry and having a chip on your shoulder in an unhealthy way. I think there's something to having a healthy ego and a chip on your shoulder to believe in yourself, to have genuine confidence in what you're doing and what you're pursuing. But don't, on the other side, don't use it to, you know, hold grudges, uh, pity others, pity yourself. Because if you ask nicely, the world's still not going to change for you. So you need to adapt to your environment and change for it. And there's no reason why you can't do it in this world, you know? Exactly. And there's look at Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram is rich as shit. But we could if we tap, <laughs> yeah. if we tap into these bank accounts, they showing hundred dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not it's not it's not Instagram. I feel like it's social media is fucked up. A lot oh, of absolutely. a lot of uh representation of what life is. Like you got like you got kids like literally now just going going commit like just just go crazy over this Instagram shit where it's like you got kids crying over not getting a hundred likes on Instagram. <laughs> like bro, you don't even know a hundred people. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even know these hundred people. Like, but it's like you're crying because you don't get a hundred or a thousand likes on Instagram. You don't have a thousand followers or like whatever the case may be where everybody needs a whole bunch of followers and and and, and just be a big presence on social media. But it's like yo, these people don't they're not rich. They still work regular day job yeah a lot of them still go to their regular day job a lot of them still live with their mom and dad a lot of them still still drive a hoopty you know what i'm saying like it's it's 
it's not it's it's like you said it's just like that that whole like uh being a little jealous of people and like what they what they what they have but it's like what i've learned is like you don't know what people go through to get to what they have or you don't know what they what they have to go through to to live this type of lifestyle you don't know that they actually are probably hating themselves deep down that they even oh, doing yeah. this just to show off to 100,000 people that they're happy every day but deep down they hate themselves so it's like you don't you don't it's like we can't all be like for me it's like I just say it's like yo what you eat don't make me shit so I can't worry about what's on your plate because if I'm worried about what's on your plate I'm never gonna eat and I think a lot of people need to get out this mindset of like they always looking at what the next person has like oh this person right next to me he has a hundred thousand dollars beamer and all this nice shit and the next person over down the line has the same thing no they're doing better it's just like yeah bro relax your time is going to come, whether that comes when you turn 25, 26, uh, 30, 40, it, your time will come, you know, and if that's what you're looking for to, to, to base life off of is money and, you know, materialistic things that like you're going to be searching that for a while. I think, um, after it comes to a certain point in time where you just kind of look for internal happiness where you're just like, all right, I'm cool with doing these things and I'm cool with getting to this place and I want to grow into this and, and do more with myself. Um, so like me and Mark Liraboris, we're still friends to this day. We do informed stats together. He's the CEO of informed stats. Um, and well, some great stuff with, with that. Yeah. So we're a sports tech company. Mark brought me along. Um, and I do more business development side of it, um, creating new relationships with people. But it's like, I could look at it, whereas I'm like, Mark's the CEO, I'll never be CEO, and I'm jealous that he's CEO. But it's like, no, like, yo, my friend brought me on, he put me into a position to win, and now we just winning together. And it's like, we had a conversation a long time ago, where it's just like, yo, we're friends, we've been friends our whole lives. Like, all right, let's figure out a way so that, like, you know, our friendship isn't a waste. And sometimes people like, and they like, what do you mean? Like our friendship isn't a waste. And it was like, why would I spend all these adult years with you? I, I made a whole bunch of child um, memories with childhood memories with you. Mm-hmm. Now we're in our adult years. Let's make some adult decisions and um, adult memories where we'll be able to benefit and improve our lifestyle and improve our next generation, our family's lifestyles. So it was just like, we've always, we've always just talked about new business plans and just new things that we can do together to advance ourselves and advance our family and our next generation. So it was like, you know, when you, when you kind of look at that, aspect of I'm doing this for the next, my next generation, my next of kin, that motivates you in a different way where the whole jealousy aspect of how you look at other people, it, it simply does go away because you have people in your circle that are telling you like, yo, we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for the next. So when you, when you keep looking at it, like, Oh, I'm just doing this for me. It becomes a, it becomes a, like a, a um, an overzealous thing, a, a jealousy thing where you always like, Oh, I need to do it for me. I need it for me. I need it for I, instead of like looking at it, I need this for we, like, I want to do this for me. I mean, I want to do this for, for us. I want to make sure that my next generation is, is okay. And then they're going to be all set. So when, when people get that aspect in their life um, in order, not I'm not even say in order, but when they get that, um, just that notion of knowing like, you know, I'm out here trying to grind for the next generation for my kids that eventually I'll have. Um, and if not like if my brother's kids or, or, or Mark's kids or whoever has kids like that's connected to me, I just want to make sure the next generation that's after me has something left off because, you know, too many times where it's like, we just do all this stuff and then nothing's passed down. Like, but your name, but like, right. Well, okay. So what, 
Your name don't mean mm-hmm. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone's got a name. So it's like, what else are you passing down to the next generation? What, what's the next thing that you got? That What are you leaving behind? What legacy are you leaving behind? Like, what is it that you, what is it that, what impact have you made for, for the next generation or for someone that's like close to you, that's younger than you? What are you doing to, to help build them up? What are you, what are you trying to do to just make yourself a better person and make the world a better place than what, than what we found it? And like, you know, so that's kind of how like I look at stuff now. It's like I'm just looking at it as a place where it's like, you know, it's not nothing to be jealous about. We all breathe, we all breathe the same, we all bleed the same. So it's like there's nothing for me to be jealous about. You know what I'm saying? We got the same 24 hours. Eventually our clock stops. What are you gonna do between your them dash line? You know what I'm saying? That look, I was born in 95. I'm trying to live up my dash, man. Mm-hmm. So whenever that croak or whatever, knock on wood, but from 1995 to, to whenever that dash, I'm trying to fill it up with memories and just um, just a lot of impact. That's basically, you know, I, I think once people realize that, yeah, we all going to die someday. So it's like you got to stop bullshitting and stop being mean and stop being jealous and just stop being like, you know, assholes to each other because eventually we share this earth. So, like, you know, at the end of the day we're going to perish. So we might as well live in unison and, 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 and try to try to just be better people in general. Definitely. And we have to be like racehorses, Tomar. You know, a racehorse has his eyes covered and they just run straight. They're just focusing on what they have to do. That's what we have to do with our aspirations and where we want to go. And thank you for, I mean, you're giving me gold right here. Solid advice on what you have to do or what you should do both personally and professionally. And at the end of the day, for whatever you get out of this conversation, whatever my listeners get out of this conversation, it's just being yourself and being your own brand. And then, as you said, most of all, passing it on because no one wants to be, you know, remembered as a selfish person. You want to remember to have a legacy and uh, giving other people opportunities because that's all we strive for nowadays, all about opportunities, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely Absolutely, bro. Thank you for that. And I would love to hear more about Inform Stats. So could you talk to me what you and Mark have been up to and your team and Inform Stats for the future of sports technology? And you could let my listeners know where we can find more information about your business and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work with Inform Stats. I am um, one of the directors at Inform right. Stats. Uh, Mark Lirabors is our CEO. Diego Maello is our, um, C, uh, our CFO. And then there's Andrick Lirabors. He's one of our other sports. Um, I'm Andrick Dorp. Oh, Bernadelle, I'm sorry. That's Mark's cousin. <laughs> You're going to kill me for this. <laughs> but Andrew is also our other director. And then my younger brother, Clifford, is our, um, he does our, um, training like he's a certified trainer so great he's um he's basically works with like trainers and athletes on a personal level um but basically what we do man is like we're we're introducing um teams coaches trainers individual athletes um individual sports um uh complexes with our with our technology that we are able to provide so currently right now i even got a camera right here i'll show you guys what the merch is please got a video camera you guys right. in the camera. Talk video camera. So this is our AI camera. It covers the full field, three uh, one eight a one eighty pan. So you really? don't miss anything on the field. Like if you look at old highlight tapes from like whatever my even mine, there's plays where I'd be playing running back and I'd run out of the camera because the cameraman 
can't pan fast enough or whatever. And mm. so you miss plays and stuff like that. Or like when the play's happening, the cameraman's pointing the camera down because he's trying to fix something or whatever. Yeah. And he misses that. He just misses shit. And there's there's plays in the highlights or there's plays in the games that that are missed due to the human error aspect of um of a cameraman but with our camera there's no it negates all human error so basically with this camera what we'll do is we'll cover the whole field it tracks the ball whether it be a soccer ball um football lacrosse ball field hockey ball um what else the sports that we have we done on 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 land um there's this new sport that we tried um i forgot what it was called damn um well, Mark, oh, hold on, I'm so bad. <laughs> You're good. You can take your time. Yo, you got to edit this part. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I got you. <laughs> hey, I pay for these Zooms, man. You can take as long time as you want. It's easy fix. Okay. So you can just find it real quick. But um, what was this company called? That we, we just started working with them over the summer. Uh, which is cool because they're a new, they're a new type of um, they were a new type of sports that they're um, who's in it? Because they they came to Norwalk, they did a session in Norwalk too. Um, so completely new game. Yeah, it's a completely new game that hasn't really? been made. Up. Yeah, they just started playing it. It was called. Um, is it like a mix of football and like tribal? Soccer? Have you ever heard of tribal? Try actually have I've heard the word before said before. Yeah, so elaborate tribal, on it for us. Tribal is a is a it's a sport or it's a mixture between soccer, basketball, football, and lacrosse. Uh, and lacrosse. Okay. Um, they use like and rugby. They use like this giant rugby ball. I think it's about like your rugby ball is probably about this a little a little a little bit bigger than a, uh, your average football, right? Theirs is a probably about the size of a football. It's probably about the size of two footballs in a in a in like one rugby ball. It's very long. Okay. But um, the field play is almost you have plays like football. You set picks like basketball across, mm-hmm. and then you gotta remain maintain like your your um field position like soccer. Okay. And rugby. So there's no offsides. They'll call you for offsides and you know what I'm saying? So it's um very different sport that we've that you know we've just come accustomed to working with. But um tribal is actually one of our 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 new uh partners that we've been working with over the years. Um all right. So we work with um we work with uh we just did the um Ohio State um lacrosse showcase um where right. we went out to uh um it was the they did it at the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and uh, no basically way. the weekend we just um we worked with the um, the state of Ohio's lacrosse association and um, we just did the whole showcase for them, and then we worked with um a few uh, lacrosse teams um that are um you know uh private private league um teams mm-hmm. um, that are travel, and then we also worked with this uh one uh, league called um, Pylon, which is a seven on seven off season football league. Yep. Um, Top kids across the country go play in it. Uh, we we worked with uh, Cam Newton's team, Demario uh, okay. Davis's team. Um, who else did we work with? CD from um, the um, CD Lamb. Nah, Charles Gardner from um, the Saints, the cornerback from the Saints. Oh yes, yes. Um, so we worked with his team as well. And then uh, basketball, we've done a lot of AAU events. Um, so 
We're just basically working with teams and just providing camera quality. We do stat um, statistics and analytics that come with football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Um, mm-hmm. we just bring all technology sides into it. And then what Cliff, my little brother Cliff does, um, he brings in the training side of it basically with all technology. Like we use this com- uh, this uh, body scanner called Styku. What it does is it's a 3D scanner. It'll scan your full body, your composition, where you're at, right? So say you want to lose 30 pounds and you want to you shape up whatever areas you want to shape up. The module that it comes up when it gives you that 3D, that 3D module on the laptop when it comes up, now you can go in and edit the body the way that you want it to look like. So you and your trainer can sit down and say, all right, I want inches off my waist right here. I want abs to come Mm -hmm. in this way. I want my body, the composition to be built in like this. What it'll do is now it'll tell you basically, all right, this is the plan that you have to follow. You you could say you want to do this in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 15 days, whatever. It'll literally give you the whole algorithm and composition of what you need to do, what workouts you need to do, how many calories you need to burn, what type of foods you need to eat. It breaks all that stuff down in there. And um, it gives you full access to that and just letting you know, basically, this is what you need to do to get to this point in your body and get get yourself in this, get yourself to this peak performance that you want to be built at. Um so yeah that's a little bit of the stuff that we do we're very new we've been in business for about two years now and it's been uh been very very well we've been doing very well with uh just what we've done you know some weekends i was traveling about like shoot i was at one point in one month i did three or four cities in one month where we went that. Through, like, went to dallas twice in one month then we went to atlanta and then we were in North Carolina. So, yeah, it was like we just we've been all over the place. We've been down almost. I think we've been to at least we've covered all of the East Coast. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. And then I think we've got at least 25 states in our backing that we've been to. We've been to events um, all over the country. The only place we haven't gone to out yet. We the farthest we've gone out west was Texas. Okay. Yeah, I'm farther than Texas out west, but we're looking to venture off and go more out west. But yeah, oh, so. you guys obviously will get there. Yeah. You you have a great ambition, and, and I love hearing my my peers have been up to and like really making the most of entrepreneurship now, and yeah. you know, take making the most of an industry. Obviously, great athletes in high school, and you know, going to the next level and showing what else is out there in the world of sports. And it's really cool that, you know, you still have that passion for it one way or the other. So I wanted to ask too, to, to add on to that, what are some of the real exciting moments? What are the most things that you're excited about moving forward with this, with in sports, with your industry, what are some things that you're really keen and um, looking forward to experience? So, you know, for me, it's mainly like um, I would say just closing out business deals. Um, Yeah, that's mainly where I kind of get my rush from, where I get my adrenaline rush from. That's where (laughs) I I personally for me, that's where the um, I feel like that's where I fit myself in within the game. You know, like business is almost like it's a a game. It's not a game, but it's almost like it is a game. You got to set a strategy. You got to know, you know what I mean? You got to execute. You got to get into the field and you got to execute. So it's just like there's you make plays. You got to just me closing out a deal is me making a play. And that that the team backs to me up with that. And then that like that excites me mainly. Like if I say if it's one part of the business that excites me, it's like getting new teams to trial our services is basically where like, you know, of course, there's been like times where it's like at, at, at first we were hearing no's. 
But then when you start to see like there's teams that are taking us into full consideration, like say like when we go to a camp or something, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll tell kids individually like, all right, yo, we're setting this up where you guys can be able to purchase your highlight tape for after the camp, you know, show what you did and you'll be able to see what exactly what you need to improve on or whatever the case may be. The kids who don't purchase it when we first come in, you know what I'm saying? When they first get there and they're like, oh, I'm good. I don't need it. By the end of the time that they leave that camp, they're calling their parents or their parents are like, nah, my kid needs it. I need to, I need to order this. I need it. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, cool. And then it's also in the back of your head and you just know where it's like, all right, what we used to struggle with is like, all right, is this a want or is this a need? So for some, it's just like some kids don't care. It's like, oh, I'm out here. I'm just playing the sport to play the sport. And then there's some kids who want to get to the next level. So we just, we, it's hard. You got to just be able to differentiate yourself and get it from the point where kids are like, all right, we're not going to work with the kids who just, who, who just, all right, I'm okay with being this, this, this is all right. I don't really care for it. We're looking to work with the kids that really want it and really need it where they're just like, nah, I'm trying to get to the next level, whether that be division one, two or three, it doesn't matter playing college Playing a collegiate sport at the next level is still a major accomplishment. I went Absolutely. to Western and I played D3. So it's like, you know, there's not a lot of people that get to go to the next level because at regardless of whatever level you played at, every division in college, that kid that's on your team was the best kid on his team. He was the yep. best kid. He was one of the top kids in his in his in his area, come wherever he came from. He was one of the best kids in his city, in his state, and wherever. So it's just, you know, whether that be Division One, Division Two, or Division Three, it doesn't matter. The kids who come out of there, who go to those levels, they're all the best players in their city, respective respective states. They were one of the top, if not the top, one of the top, whatever the level it, it has to be. I know in Connecticut, a lot of the top kids that we have come out of school when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, a lot of them did go D3. A lot of them did go D2. A few went D1, but it was like a majority of us went about D3, D2, division, uh, low division one. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't really matter. Um, it's just the, it's the want. And it's like the great thing now for us that we get to see is like, we still get to be around sports that we like and that we get to play. So like, you know, some days it's hard to get up where it's cold and you got to go watch a youth game or yeah. you got to go, or we got to go from like a high school game, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, that love and passion that you still have for the game is something that um it drives us. So like specifically me with like football, that's my favorite sport. So I love going to all the football events. Um, I became more passionate about soccer because we had to do soccer, <laughs> soccer events. I'm like, oh, soccer's not a bad sport. I like the way they play. You it's really growing in this country, man. It, it, it really all, is. Yeah, and like lacrosse, I, my, my little brothers always played lacrosse. So I've always been like a little fan of it. I never played myself, but, you know, lacrosse, I've always been somewhat of a fan of playing, uh, watching lacrosse. Uh, baseball, my little brother plays it now, so. I got to be a fan of it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, listen, if it wasn't for my little brother, I wouldn't understand. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't understand baseball, but I wouldn't have followed it as much as I do now. Um, yeah, so, baseball's getting better at marketing their sport for everyone, too. No, nah, it is because it's, it's, the thing is, what I've learned is I've been to a live baseball game. I went to a Mets game before. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Steven Strasburg pitch. Yeah. That actually made me realize, like, all right, nah, actually, baseball is not a bad sport. But I was like, I don't like, about. I don't like watching baseball on TV. If yes. that makes sense, I'd rather go to the stadium and watch the game. I feel like the going to the stadium is more, it, it's more interactive with the fans, right? And you get a better experience of the game rather than watching it on TV. I feel like watching it on TV is just that's the reason why I've never liked baseball mm-hmm. um, growing up was because I only, ne- I've never been to a, a game. 
I was just watching it on TV whenever it would come up on ESPN. You know, it's like August or whatever after the finals are done. The only thing that's showing is baseball. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, so like, that's yeah, all I got. <laughs> that's all we got. Was so I used to hate baseball because of that. I'm like, this is so boring. But I went to a game. And then it changed my perspective on it. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. No, actually, I think baseball is pretty a bunch of dope sport. I, I, I really I really rock with baseball. And um, actually, what I like the most, though, out of all sports is hockey. Hockey? Yeah. Coming, like, yeah, they're really – they had this big deal with TNT at ESPN. They just signed a major TV deal starting this season. It's going good. What makes you uh, – what made you get into hockey more? Um, I was watching the – I think it was Nashville versus um, – the Flyers. Mm-hmm. One, they had PK. The Flyers had PK Subban at the yeah. time. That was the first time I ever seen a black hockey player. Right. So that kind, of, not not no cap, that drew me in. I was like, oh shit, there's a black dude playing hockey. Like, yeah. So that made me really want to start. What and then I seen him make a hit, and it was like, oh, and he's a great player. He's he one of the best in the league in general. Yeah, he crunched this dude, and I was just like, oh shit, like you can hit like this in hockey. I always knew <laughs> you could fight in hockey, and you could just, you know, whatever the case may be. They always show the fights or whatever, and that was it. But like the speed of the game, the way it's played, and like how it's, you know, there's lines um, that rotate in. So it's like, and just like the 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 athleticism that their players have and they play yeah. with, it's just it's a different ball game. Like you got to be a different freak of athlete to be able to skate that fast. Move exactly, and, and skate backwards too. You have to be way above just, average. Yeah, it's like you got to be a different freak of athlete to play hockey. And it's just like you know, the, I think. Um, and now that we we even work with a few hockey teams here at Inform, it's just like I'm more I'm more suited to know about like what's going on within sports world. So it's like it's made me a little bit more versed. Um, and a better fan too. And a better fan of a lot of more sports. Like before, I used to be so near minded when like I don't like any other sport but football and basketball, <laughs> and like that was it. But like oh, watching all these different sports and going to different sporting events, it just gives me more of a a pleasure of being a sports fan. Like yeah, and an admiration really cool. too. I get to enjoy sports on like at the naturalist level, like watching the youth kids play. Like I remember when I was playing in youth, that was like the most naturalist time you can play a sport. It's zero politics, there's zero like yeah, right. anything. Like it's just a whole bunch of kids playing sports and you're having fun. And like, you know, once you get to like certain levels, you like, you know, the politics come into a hand mm-hmm. and you gotta do it all with There's the money, the money it, involved. Yeah, the money's the, and all that endorsements. shit. Yeah, it comes into Worrying that about thing. your own clout. For yeah, for social like media that, stuff. When we get to go watch the, the kids play at the youth level, it's like it's the most purest thing ever. And it's like it's the best I, to me, it's like I love watching youth sports. Um, whether that be from the, the youth level all the way up to high school to collegiate. Mm-hmm. I, I really do love just watching sports from those levels because it's like that's when you see the athletes really giving their all at the most purest form. And it's just like it's the greatest thing to watch is when you watch these kids just go so hard. And it's like I remember I was playing at this age, man. I used to love it. And I used to, all my friends used to play at this age. It's like we used to always have fun playing at that level. And it's just like, you know, giving being able to watch these kids play at that level is so much funny, even like, you know, just um doing these things with inform is just it's just been given able to give me a new opportunity just to explore more travel more meet new people um just be be more more worldly is is what you could say it's like i've been to places that like i never thought i would have been able to go to um i went to dallas like two three times this year just alone in 2021 been to yeah i went to dallas like three times so it's like you know being able to um 
just travel the way that I've been able to travel with Inform. Uh, this is like, you know, like I said, it's been able to give me a worldly outlook on how life is outside of Connecticut. And like basically yeah. what, what life is like, you know what I'm saying? Like Connecticut is like, but so big. But then when you get to go travel, you go to go see what it's like down in Texas. And like you, we've always we've always got being from here. We always get to hear about like these schools down there from like the Cedar Hills, Katie, Katie's and uh, and I don't, what, I don't know the other schools that's down there. But like all those big, big, those big schools. And then you go down there and you just like shit like my college my i think <laughs> yo i think i think it's jesuit high school in dallas yeah uh, their stadium is bigger than west con's football stadium yeah dude you see friday night lights i yeah, mean it's like it's a world it's a it's a different think, world down there i think their stadiums equivalent to the size of like the yale bowl and <laughs> What's UConn's field? Rensselaer? Yeah, Rensselaer field out Most in East majority, Yeah, I feel like majority of uh, those Texas stadiums or whatever, the big schools, even in Georgia too, we went to this one school that yeah. was down in Georgia. They weren't even the top school. Like, um, somebody's, t- I was like trying to figure out, like, is this school one of like the top schools that plays down here? And they was like, nah, this school is, hell no. But they still have like, the van base, huh? I'm like, they play in this big stadium? No, they be like, yo, you should see the schools that are good. They play a mega don't mega stadiums where it's, it's a religion like, over there. It's man. religion down there, and it's just like, and you think about it coming from here. I'm like, damn, I wonder what it'll be like playing in this because, like, yeah, most the most stadium, the most our field, our stadium gets filled is like at Narca is like uh that Brian McMahon game, like when the Pretty whole much, city yeah. comes out. That's it. You playing about in front of like probably a thousand or fifteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. Probably the most fifteen hundred that you probably. Uh, I'm I'm chatting with fifteen hundred. It's probably a good thousand, like twelve hundred people that come to that game a year. Exactly. You know? It's nothing too big, but when you playing in front of five thousand, four thousand, three thousand people a weekend. Yeah, on a regular basis. On a like regular that. basis, where it's pu- it's putting like five thousand people in the stands for a high school game. Mm-hmm. No, that's outrageous. That's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. It's like the adrenaline pumping, the Friday night lights, the the passion. Like I said, I'm often using passion and fulfillment in an environment like that. Yeah, because those kids, they they got it though. Like I've seen a few of them play. Like I got to watch um a lot of the top players play this year. I got to watch this kid named Travis Hunter play during the mm-hmm. offseason. Kid is a beast. He is a beast. Like really, uh, all the rankings that they got for this kid. Checks him off on the board. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He's got the ability. The kid really is a freak of nature. Like, he really is, like, that kid is really like that. Like, I'm not even going to gas the kid up and say, oh, he's not. Like, nah, nah, that kid. I seen him play live. Like, that kid is, he's like, you know how they say sometimes you'll you'll, you'll go to an event or a game or whatever, you'll walk on the field and you see a kid that's like, well, damn, who the hell is that? Like, when you see him. Remember that name. Like, who the hell is this kid? Like, and then by the end of the game, you know who his name is. Like, that kid is legit. Like, legit. I'm mad he's going to Florida State. Oh. I'm a Miami <laughs> Hurricanes fan. So, like, I, was, yeah. Yeah, I met him. I was like, hey, you really you want to go to Florida State? Like, you sure you want to do that? Yeah, Florida State's to, been kind of quiet lately. I want to go to Miami. <laughs> and while, yeah, the Hurricanes have been making a push last year. They got ranked again. Yeah, we finally um, got ranked again. Um, so watch out. Are they? Did they? I know they didn't like really release the poll. Yet. You think they'll get ranked? Um, um first week. Like, I think we're like fifteen. Okay. So legit. So we we we're, we're legit. We're decent. We play Alabama week one. I'll be going to that game. Um, it's the Chick Fil A Classic in Atlanta. Yes, sir. Did you see yeah. the? Uh, I think it's the 
the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC make it a partnership? No, no, it's Pac-12, Big 10, and ACC. Oh, Big Ten. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. those guys. But anyways, college just shows how much college is growing more. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how that's gonna work out, but I, I feel like you know, for me per se, I'd rather watch the um, college ball than the NFL. I feel like every weekend mm-hmm. you get, you get the best players to give out their, their, the most of their ability that they can give. Whereas like the NFL, they got what the eighteen week season. Yeah. So- they take off. It doesn't get hot. It doesn't. The season doesn't get important to what November. So no one Pretty really much. pays attention. You know what I mean? But college from week one to week ten or eleven or twelve, whatever they they play. If you lose, you're done. Yeah, you lose. So, you break. You disappoint your entire state for most you, of these. Exactly. Schools. Like you one loss, you, you're done, and you just like. Yeah. It, 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 it's sad to say, but like these kids, they give it their all, and like I'm glad they're getting paid now. Um, yeah. On all levels, from Division One all the way down to Division Three, they could get a check. Because these kids, yo, I, even being a former student athlete, you can't work. As much as people be like, "Oh, they've got free education, they get this, they get that," bro. Them kids is the reason why you got that new science building. Them yeah, kids literally. Is the reason why it's a new library. Them kids is the reason why it's a new art building. It's a new. It's a new building every year. It's because of them. It's still my. That's why I feel like you know the NCA is, is they they owe these kids like more than just a scholarship, especially these schools who have these these giant endowment pro um these giant endowments where it's like they got millions and millions in 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 their in their portfolio and it's like you got athletes. You telling me athletes will lose their scholarship if they get a bagel and cream cheese instead of a bagel? Mm-hmm. You know it's I mean? wrong. Like, it's a bullshit, like, and that's something the Supreme Court got right. They definitely got that right. And they owe them kids. Like, literally, like, if you want, whatever the case may be, you can say, oh, these kids don't deserve it. I feel like if you're saying that, you're just a hater. You don't yeah, want to see, like, you don't want to see right. You don't want to see the right being done to people that have always been done so wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those are the same people that complain, oh, I paid my student loans off. They shouldn't, you should have to pay your student loans. You're going to need, bro, you went to school in 1967 when right. college tuition was $5. <laughs> Seriously, like, you have to. Bro. It's time to reward the people who worked hard for it. And it's time to, you know, now prove that otherwise. And I know the NCAA has a rough road ahead after this, but they needed to have this change and give their right to free speech to people and make the most opportunities. And it's really cool to see and then expand on all levels to, you know, Get what you keep in. And imagine if players like a Tebow or like a on top of my head, you know, right. who was no, big. no, no, speak on it. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow done sold about over a million jerseys while yeah. he was at Florida. I don't think he had the Tebow on the back of the jersey, but it might have been just a 15 and a Florida jersey or whatever the case may have been. But regardless, that, that's Tim Tebow. You rocked the if you had a Florida if you had a Florida Gators jersey while Tim Tebow was playing number 15. And he didn't get a dime. I don't care what team. I think Tim Tebow said they shouldn't get paid. He full of shit. He'd be swimming right now if he had shit. that. He'd be swimming if he was getting paid for those jerseys. He full of shit. And I also think he came from a rich family. Most of these kids don't come from rich families. You feel me? Nope. Football, especially if we talk about football, the demographic of football, majority of these kids come from low-income neighborhoods, low-income houses. Yep. You feel me? You getting these kids that are coming straight from the gutter, from the trenches where they don't have much. This scholarship, I, that's cool. Mom and dad ain't got to pay for this. Got to pay for me to go to school. But mom and dad is still struggling back at home while right. I'm up here. You, you know what I'm saying? Those 
Those bills aren't still being paid. I'm just up here living a little lavishly because I'm in a dorm. You got me set up. You give me some clothes. You give me some sneakers. You give me some gear, all this shit. But at the end of the day, if I don't produce, you're going to recruit the next kid that's right in my position the next year. You may cut me within the next year or two or whatever. Now I'm back at square one, back at home with mom and dad. And, sure. you know, and a lot, we don't talk about it with these athletes go through where it's like, you know, they graduate from school. Some got some bullshit ass degree because they got told, yo, you're here to play football. You're really not here for school. Some come out with a bullshit degree. Don't make the NFL or whatever their genes was supposed to be to get to the next level. They don't get there. Now they back at home, depressed, fucked up. And they, they can't they can't they can't get a job because all they did was play sports. They didn't learn shit in school and do shit with school. All they did was I'm here to play football. We take so much away from these athletes because we put them in these cases where where it's like, yo, you're here to come to the school to play a sport. There's, I've seen coaches tell players where I heard play or I've heard players come back and say, like, yeah, my coach told me, yo, you're not here to go to school, bro. I ain't, I ain't recruit you for that shit. I'm going to play football, bro. That's fucked up. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't come, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a fucked up system, but you got to think about it. This is how these coaches feed their families. True. It's, you're a commodity. You're not a student athlete. You're a commodity. At the end of the day, you're a commodity. If your shit is not working, bro, we got to get you up out of here. We got to go get it. I was, it was said to me at the D3 level. Matt, you could attest it. I was pretty good in high school. Hell yeah. I went Division three. I got told at Division three, yo, we don't even fucking need you. You can pack your shit up and go home. That's I, nuts. That's Division three level, bro. And these coaches mm. are paying. They got to get paid. They got to, you got to produce for them. They was, I was told, like, you ain't never going to play. You stink. Like, it, it's, it, it happens to the best of us. We come from these places where we're big headed and we're told, like, yo, you're, you're so good. You're the greatest, da, 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 whatever the case may be. Then when you get to the next level and it doesn't pan out and you're still trying to make it pan out. So you start fucking off in class. You're like, I don't really care for class. I'm not going to go. Or you just like, you know, you, you start trying to put more emphasis on playing the sport instead of getting your degree learning and, and, and becoming a more worldly person, more educated person. A lot of these kids go through that shit. And the NCAA owes them that. And it's like, you know, coach, or or it be the, this circumstance right here. This happens all the time. Your yeah. coach, the coach that recruits you, right? Mm-hmm. He tells you to go to Alabama, whatever the case may be. He tells me to go to, let's say, uh, the coach from, uh, let's go, let's go. go uh, LSU. Let's go LSU, right? Go Tigers. Coach from LSU tells me, I'm coming, you coming to LSU, whatever the case may be. I'm not a high-ranking kid or whatever, but the coach sees potential in me. So he brings me and gets me a little spot, half partial scholarship or whatever, right? Because they're all the same circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. Four, five, six months later, coach don't even, you ain't been in contact with coach. You're getting ready to come to campus, this, that, and the third. All right, cool. Coach is like, all right, fuck it, I'm out of here. And you can't leave. Because of the NCAA rules. Yep. You can't just get up and go with this coach and go to the next school. You committed to LSU. LSU got to release you one. Then you got to sit out a whole year. Yeah. Or you got to get that special clearance to go ahead and be cleared to play this year. So you missing out. So one, you went from being a partial scholarship kid. Now you not even on scholarship because you tried to leave and whatever the case may be to try to try to finesse the system. Ain't no finessing it for these kids. So it's like they're stuck in a situation where they don't even they didn't mean to go to the school. They just meant to come play for this coach. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like. These coaches have no loyalty to these players as well, but these players are expected to have loyalty to this program, to this school, to this, to these fans. But at the end of the day, it's like if these kids fuck up or if like these coaches leave or whatever the circumstances may be, these kids don't get aren't given the same grace that we give these coaches, that we give the same that we just give everyone else. We just like, you know, you as a regular student, right? You can go transfer to a school if you don't like this school. You yep. can get up, say, I'm not feeling it here. Finish out the semester. Matter of fact, you don't even have to finish out the semester. Mm-hmm. You can literally say, I'm out, I'm withdrawing. 
go to the next school and start fresh all over again. These kids don't have that opportunity. You got to wait, this, that, and the third. Now, by the time that you get back on the playing field, bro, you done missed like two and a half, three years of football. Yeah, and, and your life too. You know what I'm saying? You And you expect to for them to really take you that serious. They don't know. They haven't seen no film with you. They haven't seen nothing from you. It's just still word of mouth. Last time you got film was still when you was in high school. Right. It's and- three years. It's been two, three years since you played. Come on, it doesn't make no sense for these kids for us to just, for, for the NCAA to have been treating these kids like that. It's happened to so many kids where it's like, you know, we, we thought they were going to go high D1 or maybe not even high D1. They were just going to go D1. And they get there and then come to find out a few months later, they back home. Yeah. They back home. And you just like, yo, what happened? Oh, shit ain't paying now. It ain't just work out with me and the coach. The coach left this, that, and the third. Oh, they wasn't feeling me. I was a bad decision. It wasn't the right fit. Or, or it is just the circumstances where it happens a lot, where these kids, like, go to school, like I said. They go to school, get a bullshit degree, come out, can't get a job, can't figure life out, and then you just – you're still living that 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 stuck-up identity. Oh, I'm an athlete. You still go around. You go to your interview, the first thing you say is, yeah, I played football. I was an athlete in school. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, it doesn't help dude, unless you're going to the next level. The dude who's 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 interviewing ain't played football. He don't know shit about football. <laughs> he don't give a fuck. He's cynical about the football players, probably. Yeah, he don't <laughs> give a fuck, bro. So you fuck yourself up by even like, oh, yeah, I was an athlete. I played. He don't give a fuck, bro. What can you do? What do you know how to do? Because we don't need you to run up. the. We don't need you to run a dot. I don't need you to run a post route. I don't need you to cover. See, I don't, bro. I need you to file. I need to file these reports instead. Exactly. Do you know how to work a spreadsheet? Can you read a spreadsheet, bro? Can you? Can you? Can do you know how to audit? What do you know how to do? <laughs> and a lot of these kids come out of school. They don't know shit because they ain't learned. They ain't go to school for that. They went to school to play ball, and they're sold the dream that you're gonna make it to the next level. And these coaches just just try to tell them that shit, and it's like you know. Unless you have that type of parent who's real with you or you just have that self-awareness where you're just real with yourself and you're just like, all right, I need to figure this. I need to figure this out for myself. Whereas like where I did on Division Three level, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going pro. So one, I'm about, I was like, yo, fuck this. I'm not about to keep playing. I'm not going to the next level. Like, there's yeah. no point in this. Like, I'm wasting my time. It's Division Three. Y'all trying to make us do 5 a.m. workouts. Like, bro, we're not going to the league. <laughs> no disrespect to the West Coast football team. No disrespect. Of course, of course Man, not. What is the point of it? We division three. Like I was told when they go to division three, oh, you could still do the study abroad program. You could still go do all these things that you know what I'm saying that that is granted to you. You can do this. You can be in student government. You can do all these things. No, nah, that's not the case. No, they just that's did what you had case. to do to, they, to recruit that, to get they your bullshit numbers. You. They lying to you. They get you to come to the school and say, oh, yeah, I got the, it's the, it ain't going to be that hard. Bro, it, this shit is another job. With, regardless, you go to Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. The Division Three program is just as hard to stay, stay in as it is as a Division One program if you're being recruited to play it. Because the next year, you think, all right, you're, my recruiting class my freshman year, it was about – 30, 30 kids that came in from my freshman year. The next year, another 30 kids. The next year, another 30 kids. You don't think they recruited like two or three running backs, four mm-hmm. running backs every year? They had to do what they had to do to get food on the table. You got yo, these coaches gotta produce. You gotta get kids to come into the school and you gotta produce wins. They don't care for you. And I think a lot of these kids be getting suckered into that thing where they think like these coaches really do care for them. And, and in some cases they do. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, don't nobody really care for you. It's like you gotta really have that, especially in college, when you're on your own, that's what college really teaches you about is being on your own and being able to advocate for yourself and learn about yourself 
more and be about yourself. They say you selfish. Hey, it's okay to be selfish in those years because at the end of the day, what comes out, which is what you get in. So if you was not selfish with your time while you were in school or within these prime years that we have in your 20s, if you're not selfish with them and you put in this work to get ahead, you're going to be looking back when you turn 30, 40 and you're like, shit, I should have put in more time and, and more effort into these time and into these things. Whereas like I was bullshitting. I remember my freshman year, I was bullshitting because I wanted to play football. Grades were slipping. I really didn't care. I was just trying to train so I could get onto the field next year. Yeah. Bullshitting. Bullshitting, bro. Just straight bullshitting. And, it, and I'm not going to the NFL. I had that real, my mother had this conversation with me. She was like, yo, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Like, you not, like, she, my mother said it. She's like, you're not going to the NFL. And, you know, it's no, it sucks that she had to say that to me for me to really realize, like, yo, bro, you're not going to the league. <laughs> it's okay. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. what are you going to do with your life? Because at the end of the day, when you go to these interviews, like I said, I can't all first open this statement be, I played football. <laughs> it cannot be. It's not. Tell me about yourself. Well, you know, I play football. Nigga, nobody, nobody gives. No one cares. No one cares, bro. No one cares. That's that cannot be your first opening statement. Well, Tomar, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey, so I played football in college. I was a great running back. This done. <laughs> oh fuck, bro. They just writing down yeah, is an athlete, whatever. Like, <laughs> On to the you. next one, they run. On to the next. You're not getting the call back, bro. You're not getting the call back for the second interview because you wanted you wanted to tell them I was a. <laughs> You, know, you wanted no, to run plays with no, you. And, and trust me, it's no disrespect to the, any of the kids who are athletes. And they go like, you know, I went through that shit. I literally went through that shit. And I had to revise how I was going about my interviews and shit. And like how, what I was saying. And like, you know, because you're thinking that, oh, you can, can relate to people when it comes to sports. Nah, not everybody's a sports fan. No one really, you know what I'm saying? It's a small niche. You 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 might be able to finesse it with them maybe like once or twice within with someone who's a sports fan, who's an average sports fan. You might be able to finesse them in. But like majority of people don't really, you know what I'm saying? We don't really care about they don't really care about sports. They're not really too big on worrying about what's in what's going on in the sports world or or you know what I mean? Like people don't really People don't really pay attention to that stuff. They more focused on like worldly matters. Like, what do you care about really? Like, what do you stand for? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, um, what's your passion? What are you passionate about? Now, you can be passionate about sports. Yeah, true. You can be, but just make sure your industry that you're going into is sports related. You can't be going into a Fortune 500 company trying to tell the, trying to tell the, the interview, the interviewer, like, yeah, yeah, I was good at sports, bro. Cause that man is like, yo, what? There's no field in this job, so I don't, I don't got no field in this job. The only thing you can finesse it and say I'm a competitor, so I'm willing to compete, yeah. and and you know I'm not gonna give up. That finesses people. That yo, trust me, that line finesses. Oh, like I was, I'm a I'm a competitor. I like to compete. I treat everything like it's a sport. Whereas I go in, and I give my all, and I'm trying to make sure that I do my best, and I give my best effort every single time. People bite for that shit. But outside of that, bro, it's like no one cares that you were an athlete. And it's like, you know, I feel like from especially where we're from, um, and I've just noticed it a lot where it's like a lot of the kids who are athletes, when they get to college, like either they don't pan out and they end up back home or they never get out because one, all they was told the whole time they was in school, you're an athlete. We're going to pass you by. Like like at Narcot, you need a 1.7 to play on the sports team every year. So that's a D average. 
You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The average grades you need to get into college is like a two seven three point Exactly. You get what I'm saying? Bro, you a whole like you you're not going to the next level. And then when it comes down, like now we got like recruiting day or whatever, we got signing day or whatever, right? <laughs> Everybody's thinking this kid's gonna sign. Everybody's thinking this shit is gonna happen. It happened to me too. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like my GPA wasn't high enough to go to division one. I. I didn't make clearinghouse because why? Wasn't one, we wasn't told about the clearinghouse. So that's another thing where it's mm-hmm. like you may not be told there's been certain things you're not told about. It's a sliding scale to play at the division one level. If you got a low G, all right, boom, I'll give it to you like this. You got a 1.7 GPA, right? Mm-hmm. What you need to score on the SAT when they had the score points or whatever, when we was in school was out of 2400, right? When yep. you needed to score on the SAT, if you had a 1.7, it was damn near about an 18. <laughs> Yeah, you got a one point seven. How you gonna score a one eighteen hundred on the eight on the SAT? You're a good guesser, man. You just not making it possible. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a slight, it's a sliding scale. The higher your GPA is, the lower the SAT score gotta be. The lower your GPA is, the higher the SAT score gotta be. It's it's you do you're, you're doomed if you don't, you're, you're damned if you do. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's no way it's, it doesn't correlate for these kids where it's like they're not told the proper information, and it's like we're all just told, like, you know. If you get like we're all we're all told the same bullshit like oh give it your all listen to me listen to the coaches and we'll get you into the next door that's bullshit that's bullshit you know what I'm saying you need education first of all first and foremost you need to be doing well in the classroom and you just gotta excel on the field that's how you'll get ahead with it but at the end of the day if you can't correlate what's going on in the classroom to other people in the world and you know just in general, just correlate what's going on in the classroom and just be able to comprehend things outside of your sport. If you can't do that, you're doomed. And I, I see it so I see it happen so often to, to to kids that where we come from, where it's like mm-hmm. they get to college and they just like it's such a shock where it's like you're passed by because you're an athlete in the school. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like they just get they, they don't, don't know how to fend for themselves at the end of the day, which is what like, this whole world down. is making us do. You shut down because now you like you don't know what to do. No one's ever told you like no one's ever been honest with you and be like, yo, this shit is unacceptable. No one's ever told you that. Everyone's always said it's okay. We're going to pass you by. We're going to get you all right. You're going to be decent. Yeah, I remember my freshman year of college, I wrote a paper. My teacher told me this is the worst paper she's ever seen. Mind you, like in high school, like I was finessing papers. Like, <laughs> oh, no, my teacher ain't never failed me. Yeah. In the, no, in the no crisis. Let me give you a little B. Let me give you a B for this. Bro, I thought I did the same type of thing. This is, I got F. This is the worst paper I've ever received. Please come see me after class. So she's like, yo, what school did you go to? Like, how did you, like, how are you, like, how are you functioning? Like, this is like, Oh my God. Me, I'm like, what you mean? Like I'm, like, I'm taking full offense. Like, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, like that is, I'm like, I don't mean to laugh, but like, that's just, it's crazy. Some people are baffling with what they come up with, you know? No, nah, for real though. But it's like these, these type of things happen though. I know this is not the only time it's happened to oh, me. Yeah. I know it's happened to other kids too, where it's just like, they come from systems. They come from educational systems where it's just like, you get passed on by just because of who you are sometimes. And they like, you know, it's not a detriment. It's not a, it's, it's not even a, it's not even an actual help to these kids. It's actually a detriment. It's a detriment. It's actually something so bad that happens to these kids. And it's like, we kind of allow it to happen. Where mm-hmm. it's like for ourselves as students, we allow it to happen to us. And then two is like, you know, 
the school system has to do better. Like, oh, 10,000. I, mean, like, I, I remember I was like, I got put into like staying I five level of lot level five classes because mm-hmm. one of the guidance counselors was like, yo, I'm gonna just put you in here because I need you to just pass. And these are the easy classes. And, you know, I'm gonna just put you in here to put you in here. Bro, I'm in class full of dummies. No disrespect, bro. I'm mm-hmm. in a class full of dummies. The classwork is easy. The teacher is telling me like, yo, why are you here? I'm just like, they put me in here. He, if it wasn't for this teacher, I swear to God, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Mr. Fuller, <laughs> I would have been in all level five classes. Because oh, I had him for a level five class, right? You yeah, know how yeah. we had state nine eight, state nine five, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Five is the lows, and eight is like is basically you're you're at where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Then we got the honors and whatever. So mm-hmm. I was in all level fives. They put me in all level fives purposely. Like I was told, like, I'm gonna just put you. I'm not gonna say the guidance counselor. Now. I ain't gonna do him like that. But <laughs> <laughs> he told me the, I'm, gonna the you, I'm gonna put you in these level five classes so we could just pass you through. You're gonna be all right, and we're gonna get you good. We're what a way but I, I did the same thing i was in a five english class and i was like the difference was when people would really read entire novels they'd have us read play versions of that and i thought like all of us can't be that dumb i mean you know some have other obstacles than others but like give us more credit you could teach us the right way for things but don't think of us as some island of misfit toys and such we're we're better than that exactly you know there there's i'm saying i mean maybe some people think there's a difference between an honor student and a five student but when it comes to work ethic and trying to figure out things for yourself and not learning intense rocket science or nothing like that we can still pull it off that's one thing i never liked about the North public school systems in that sense or any school systems like that they really treat People in those lower classes like degenerates and they're not. They just had obstacles, different obstacles they had to overcome. And I'll tell you, those people in in those honors classes and APs, they could have handled it probably. And those other people in those other classes are still able to become big, successful people with that, even if a system doesn't believe in them. And anyone hearing that with my listeners or those those listeners have kids and those others ones, those are not, not dumb kids. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just are on their still on their way to greatness despite that it don't let any number like you gotta advocate for yourself to get yes. be put in that predicament because exactly. you don't you'll be stuck there and it was just like if it wasn't for mr fuller and my mother he called my mother actually and was like yo do you know your son's in like these low-level classes or whatever she ended up setting up a whole meeting with the, mm. with the guidance counselor what fuller ended up getting me a new guidance counselor ended up putting me in the level correct level classes I was supposed to be in. And it was just like, you know, if you don't have that level of advocacy for yourself, right. if you don't have that support system, those there's you're gonna be stuck in those in that in that in that range. But it was just like, you know, it's wrong that I was put in that range mm-hmm. and I wasn't supposed to be put there, but I was put there because it was like, you know, like I said, again, you just pass by in the system and they're just like, all right, so whatever, we don't really care. It was like we're just gonna get you done with this and and, and move you on. But it's like what about when I want to go to school the next year? Oh, don't worry about it. No, I just go to NCC. No disrespect to the people that go to NCC mm. either. But it's like, oh, just go to community college. And I was just like. Man, this is a stupid system that is leading like, us to what nowhere. What do you mean just go to community college, bro? Like, I have, like, a decent GPA. I'm yeah. not I'm not a 4.0, like, high honor student, but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a degenerate. Like, I'm right. not. I didn't have a 1.7. I wasn't just barely getting by. Like, 
I think I graduated high school with about like a two, two, eight, two, nine, something mm-hmm. like that. Seven, two, eight, two, nine. And that range, something like that. But it wasn't like I did a lot. I was in community service. I did all that extra shit, you know, outside of sports was like, you know, but it was just like that was the only aspect I seen that they kind of like they shortcome you in where it's like they mm-hmm. just try to put you wherever. And then it's like expect you to just go, 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 whatever, go away after that. And if you don't fight for yourself, that's what that's what you get. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a parent that comes in and is like, nah, I don't want this for my kid. No, I don't want this. Like, no, that's not my type of kid. My kid is not that type of kid. Like, you know, if you don't, if you don't have that type of that support system, that backing, you won't, you're, you'll be, you'll be stuck there. And that's, that's the thing that sucks about it is that no one, like, you know, no one cares about these kids. Or when I would say, like, I felt like just sometimes they didn't care for us like that. Where it's like, you know, we yeah, had to believe. Some of us had to be assholes and be assholes back. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me. Me specifically, I had a few times where I had to be an asshole back to a few teachers where it was like, you're not. I wasn't feeling the way I was. I was being disrespected. I was like, you know, like, I'm not an idiot. You're not going to talk to me like an idiot. You're not going to treat yeah. me like an idiot. So was like, I feel like, you know, a lot of these kids or like just in general, when it comes to like the athletes, when I was speaking on, it was like a lot of these athletes just need to learn that, you know, you bring value more than just sport to yes. what you do and who you are as a person. You're more than just an athlete. That's why I was like, I was so happy when like LeBron finally did that thing where it was like, more, not like not shut up and dribble. Like I won't shut up and dribble. Yeah. Like, more than that athlete. Like you are like, you're supposed to speak up for these things and you're supposed to be like, you're a human being. You're not an athlete. You're a human being. And I think people um, differentiate that with like, uh, we get so, we get so lost up in this thing where it's like, we forget that athletes are actual human beings. They just play a sport or they play with a ball better than, than, than a regular person, than an average human being does. All right. That's the only difference between an athlete, a pro athlete and a rec league person. A rec league person can still shoot a jump shot. A pro just oh, makes yeah. a jump shot at a higher level. You know what I'm saying? It's still the same game. Mm-hmm. It's that he gets paid millions of dollars and he can shoot it at a higher level. That's it. But that doesn't make you less of a human. And that doesn't make the athlete more of a human than you are. We're still all humans at the end of the day. And we're still all regular people. And I think once we stop putting each other, like, or... Even if we, even if it is a pedestal system, but it's just a, a thing where it's like people need to understand that like we're all we're all human beings. Like with like with the with the Olympics coverage that we just went by, with the just slander of Simone Biles, with this, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? With a lot of the athletes who who sat the out, Naomi Osaka criticism yeah, Naomi, and stuff. Yeah, uh, um, Shakiri, um, Shakiri's, uh, what's her name? What's Richardson. Shakiri? Yeah, Shakiri Richardson with her slander and just like you know a lot of like just in general, just slander amongst athletes. So it's just like, you know, it has to stop. And it's like, you know what's crazy, though, when we think about it? These reporters want to be these athletes. Yep. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, these reporters want to be these athletes. And, like, I always would say, like, I hate the way, like, um, these reporters and stuff, like, they report on the NBA and the NFL and, 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 and the MLB and all these sports, um, whatever, like, if you weren't a former athlete, if you didn't make it to that highest pinnacle level, yeah, you don't have any say. How do how can you say that this person is like a trash football player? Like I'm gonna give you the best. I'm gonna <laughs> exactly, give, I'm gonna give, bro. I'm gonna give you the best example. Mike Tell Mayock, me. he's a GM of the Raiders, right? Yep. When Lamar Jackson came out, when Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and um Patrick Mahomes came out, you know who he said was better than all three of them? Who? Oh. 
Mitchell Trubisky and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Anybody Baker. today will tell you if they can redo that draft, they're not taking Baker Mayfield. They're not taking Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, you got. I mean, Lamar Patrick Jackson. Mahomes is is Patrick Mahomes is a god figure Super with that Bowl football winning champion. Yep, Lamar Jackson MVP. MVP. Deshaun Watson, one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. What you want to tell me? What you want to tell me? You want to tell me they Baker didn't play. You want to tell me Baker Mayfield, even if you watch college football that year or whatever, you didn't, you did. If you want to watch the film and talk and watch film for film, you want to tell me Baker Mayfield threw a better ball than Lamar Jackson? You want to tell me, you really want to, we really could back this film up and say this is a, like Lamar Jackson ropes the ball. Literally, it's a rope every time he comes out and he's accurate. But you want to tell me Baker Mayfield was better than him for whatever reason? You can't even really agree with it that Baker Mayfield was better than Lamar Jackson. No one can. No one will say it. No one will say it. Even <laughs> if, you, if you watch football, ask anyone today, will they say Baker Mayfield is better than Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? They will not I say won't. it. They're just it's ignorant. They think close. the fact. You won't even, we don't even, Mitchell Trubisky was the, what, he was he the first or the second pick taken in the draft that year? Two. The second, right? Why is my man starting? Is a backup quarterback now for, for the, the Bills. Buffalo Bills? Come on, <laughs> exactly. they, the Bears didn't even resign him for his rookie contract. No, come on. He, even though he did have a good preseason game, but that's just preseason. Bro, that's but you're bullshit. right. That's preseason. Right. <laughs> when we know when regular season comes, put Josh Allen back in the ring, and we and we and we yep. gonna get it rocking. We're not worried about Mitchell Trubisky, man. Like literally, it, same thing with who else is the number one quarterback that's back that, that's fighting for a number two spot. You um, have Jameis Winston with James this Winston. with the Saints. That's one. It looks Marcus like Taysom Mariota. Hill's going anyway. Marcus yeah. Mariota's not. Is he in the NFL still or no? He was backing up he was uh, Raiders, Tannehill right? for a second, and then yeah, David and then Carr. He's on, he's, on, he's on the Raiders, but he's a backup. He's a backup. That's what I'm trying to say. Like evaluate. He almost won a damn Heisman, and now he's a backup. Man. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, Tim Tebow is another one too. Exactly. I mean, Tim Tebow. They trying to say Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Come on, bro. Like Tim Tebow is a Saturday quarterback. These mm-hmm. dudes are like they're good on Saturdays or whatever. That's cool, and there's no discredit to them. <laughs> but the thing is, is like the the level of evaluation of these athletes. We gotta do better. It's like we can't just be putting up a whole bunch of no disrespect to Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman. All those, those media guys and Skip they, Bayless and Skip all Bayless, that. they do their thing. It's entertainment. I get that. It's cool. We listen. We love listening to their takes on things. Like to this day, Max Kellerman has the best hot take. Who's <laughs> taking the last shot for the for the Warriors? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, or or Andre Iguodala? They <laughs> said Andre Iguodala. Yes, he did. Bro. How like, about they think on, Colin like, Cowherd says too? Exactly. It's just it's all for media take, but it's like I think I don't know who these 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 evaluators are, but it's like if you didn't play on this level of the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, like you have no right to really speak on these athletes. Like, and we look at them as like there's some superhumans when they they're really not. They just playing a game. They just playing the best at it. It's all and every one of these games is a childhood game. You start off playing this game. It's a child's game. They just end up playing it on a professional level. They get yeah. paid millions of dollars for it, but they're just glorified employees. Y'all don't understand that. They still glorified employees. They're not really no big no somebody that LeBron is still LeBron still got an answer to the Bus family. Steph Curry yes, still got does. an answer to the owners of the Warriors. Kevin Durant still got an answer to the to the guys Joseph over Sai at and the Nets. Yep. And Marks. What's it? They still they just glorified employees. They're yeah. not nobody special. They just a bigger name that all it is is like, you know, me and my department, I'm just the highest ranked person in my department. 
All right. And I'm glorified for it. Everybody in the company knows everybody on the outside world. I'm the number one uh, financial. I'm the I'm number one financial aid officer in, at the school. That's it, bro. Outside of that, it's no. You know what I'm saying? It's not really it's, it doesn't correlate. And I think people need to just take that out of their mind when we talk about these athletes and how we treat them. You know what I'm saying? Not to say treat them less than of or, or treat them more than what they are. But at the end of the day, they're athletes and they're humans, you know, like that yeah. mental health thing. Where it, If you're not there mentally in the game, trust me, that shit is, is, is really it's really it's really it's really. It'll take a toll on you once you stop loving the game. Yeah, it's not worth it. Game, and it's and it's like like Larry Fitzgerald was just I was um listening to Larry Fitzgerald's um in the last interview he was doing he was talking about if he was gonna come back or if he was going to um be, do radio and he said yeah I'm just gonna stick with radio my heart's not in football my mind's not in football I can't mentally prepare myself to do another season of it. And when he and and when he went in to elaborate about like the mental aspect of getting ready to go into another football season, and Larry's done it for about 16, 17 years. It's like my body's taking a toll. I'm getting older. It's like, you know, my mindset of me clicking my head to get to that point in time, I'm tired of it. I can't do it no more. So, you know, when we look at the aspect, especially with football players and the CTE and everything mm-hmm. that goes on with them, it's like, you know, we gotta just look at them as more than just an athlete. They're not just like, they're not just that. These are human beings that when they come out of this game, when they're done playing, they're fucked up human individuals. They got, yeah. they got fucked up mindsets. Their mind is all scrambled because of CTE. They got, they got, they deal with depression because their whole life, all they was known was as a football player. Now, when you walk away from the game and the random fan five years from now can't remember you for who you were or who you are, and you just sitting there like, damn, nobody knows who I am. That shit gets to you. Yeah, it gets we've seen, to you, it's, it's sad to say we've it's seen that lost players from that. It's tough for players leaving the NFL with a disease, and they have taken a lot of steps to change that, but there's still so much more they have to do. Yeah, and it, it, it literally does. And you see it happen to these kids. On it happens to kids from from the kids that play in high school that don't get to go to the to go play in division whatever. Don't get to go to play in college, and then you get the kids that go to college play and they don't make it to the pros. And then when you get to the kids who make it to the pros, and then they they end up stop playing because whatever the time is done and it's time to hang up the cleats. But it happens, and we on every level. We treat these kids, we treat these athletes, and we treat these people as like there's some hum- superhuman and there's some savior, there's some superhero. When actually they're just a regular person who just, you know, we just admire them for what they do. And I think we need to separate the person on the field and the person off the field. That's the reason why there's so many players that have off the field issues. You know, it's because off the field, it doesn't correlate. You know what I'm saying? They can, they're the best player on the field, but off the field because they don't have that mental development, they don't have that that um that self-awareness of what's going on, they end up like just messing up in whatever way the yeah. case may be, where they get into trouble with the law or they financially up, is a bad one. Financially they, they end up messing up or they can't have relationships with people. It's hard for them to have relationships. It's hard for them to maintain friendships, relationships with, with, with people. They, 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 um, some, some are women abusers, um, whatever the case may be. It's like, you know what I mean? It's a lot of things that we have to uncover and, um, just be able to speak on for these athletes and advocate for these athletes. And that's one thing that we do for Inform is just like being all former athletes, this still gives you an aspect of, 
you know, still being involved in the game some way, somehow. You can still teach the game. You can still have impact within the game. You can still broaden the game. You can still change the game from the sideline. You don't have to be in between the field to make a player to, to change the game, to change, have people remember you for what you did for the game. There's ways and aspects and, and different ways and different venues, ventures for you to get into the game and still be able to be a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Why not be, not be having to play? And do all these things. So it's like, you know, I just think we just have to be a little bit more respectful and a little bit more compassionate to these players because, you know, then you don't see them waking up, like I said, 5 a.m. for a workout. Go bust their ass now. And then you want a kid to go, boom, this is this. All right, this is like, let's, I'll put it to you the college schedule as a D3 kid is like 5.30. You got to be in, you got to wake up at five, make it to the gym by 5.30. 5.45, y'all stretching, getting all y'all lifts in. Six o'clock, you in the workout. By seven, 7.30, you got to be done showering, be done with your workout. Then you got a 9 a.m., 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., depending on whatever your schedule is like. You're going to have to take those 8 a.m. or 9 a.m.s because you got to be at practice in the afternoon. So they try to knock out all your classes in the morning. So that by the time the afternoon comes, you could be at practice at four, five, six, seven, eight. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So you got to crunch all that in, and then you got a study hall session, and you got to study, you got a film session in between all that. So mind you, I woke up at five thirty, busting my ass, did this crazy ass workout, or whatever. Seven, um, eight o'clock, I'm in class, half asleep, can't concentrate because I'm just tired as shit. Then next, then a few hours later, that I got to stay up, go get sunny, eat, go to film session. After film session, maybe go to a class, and yeah, I probably go to class. After that class, go right to practice. It's the same cycle. When do these kids get at time to network? Like when you go to college, what is the biggest thing to do in college? Network. Yep. It doesn't matter what you got in grades; is what you leave college with. Who was your network? Who are the people that you connected with? Who are the people that you met and? Now this network that you built from this university, how is it going to, how is this alumni network going to help you elevate yourself in your career? If all I did was play sports, I never met anybody in class. I didn't get to go to these social events and network and meet different people and learn what people were doing. How am I helping myself, benefiting myself? It doesn't help these kids. They, they're set back. You don't see the real world and you can't get ready for it if you're so babied like that, as you were saying. All I know, all my network is, is my teammates. We in the same boat. Like we about to go, we we in the same boat. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't correlate when it's like, whereas if like, you know, I ended up stopped playing and I, I ended up meeting a whole bunch of new people outside of the football players. And I, I was able to just, you know, I got friends from all over the place. I got a, fr- I think I've got a friend in, not all, I don't want to say all 50 states, but let's say like half, like, you know what I mean? Twenty still a great deal, right? I there. got a lot of friends in a lot of different areas where I met them in college and they were either a friend of a friend or like whatever the case may be. But right. I was able to make that connection and, and networking and build up my network with people that I know. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I don't think a lot of people have that ability to do that and be able to just have that experience, especially when you play a sport. So like I was saying, like we just got to be a little bit more kind to these athletes, uh, figure out a way for them to have the ability to be able to network with people still and just be able to, you know, once they leave school, they're able to get into the real world and not, not feel so depressed or not feel like they don't know what's coming next. Cause a lot of them, they get out and they're just like, they're just so screwed in and they just can't figure out, all right, what do I do next? 
You know what I'm saying? It's always, what do I do next? Where it's like, you can't turn it. You can turn the page, but it's just like, I, how am I turning this page though? Because I don't know how to turn this page. I don't know what to do next. It's like, I was never taught. I was just like, yo, go to practice, bro. Make sure you're on practice on time. Coach don't care. Did you sit This is, yeah, I'm going to tell you how much they bullshit you. Tell Did me. you sit in front of the classroom? Yes. All right. That's it. Bro, if you slept, bro, <laughs> if you slept in class, that was, yo, know, just make sure you slept in the front of the class. So they know that you're there. I, I, I heard. Just uh, there. It didn't matter. You can sit in the front of the class and still fail. I don't care. Well, yo, I walked into the class. You were sitting in front. That's a check mark. You did good today, bro. All set. No That's like, you know, I know players, you know, people say at schools, there's someone checking up on them. If you're like a, in a big uh, D1 college basketball program, men's, for instance, like a Kate Cunningham at Oklahoma State. They just had to make sure to he was in class on time. Class. Ain't even go to class. <laughs> Yo, the Ben Simmons story, bro. This is why they trying to change shit. The Ben Simmons story. Ben Simmons <laughs> went to LSU, yep. did not go to class once. <laughs> did, did not go to class once. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. You can't... Yeah, I ain't right. mad at Ben Simmons. I, trust me, I'm not mad at Ben Simmons. They've been finessing us every year. Every mm-hmm. athlete, they finesse these kids every year. So, Ben Simmons was able to finesse them, not go to class. I don't know what the hell he doing with that jump shot. That's yeah, what, right. <laughs> you ain't go to class, but you don't got no jump shot. I don't know what's going on, Ben. But still, for him not to have to go to class... Not just working like, on that jump shot in class. No, nah, but even if even if he's not in class, but just him not to go to class and just be strictly a basketball player. Say what happens, Ben Simmons is first year in the NBA. He tears his knee up so bad, like mm-hmm. nah, there's no way you can play ball. That contract gonna run out. Of course, he got some meals, but you gotta play to pay, get paid. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know if that now nah, the NBA is fully guaranteed. The NBA be giving a fully guaranteed contract. They be giving guaranteed money. So he, outside of that guaranteed money, what are you getting though? After that guaranteed money, you got like a two or three. The NBA rookie contract is what four or five years, right? Yeah. Your first, your first year is it four, four or five years, a couple of mil. Um, you know, in the lottery is high, you know, it's like the hundred mils. Exactly. So, the higher your pick, the more cloud you get. But like a first round pick, like you said, could get a few million over so you're gonna four be all five right. years. You're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? But you better just, you better hope that he got people in this camp that, you know, if he blew out his knee or whatever, he can't play no more, that he's able to still maintain those funds. And he put that money in the right place. Like and, a Gray Golden, for instance. Like, where's he up to? Uh, he got picked over Kevin Durant, and well, Greg Golden's not in the league. You know what I'm saying? We ain't, gone. We ain't, heard, we ain't heard of Greg Golden in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, like that. You know I mean? Did the world get prepared for him? Did he have the world prepared? And we was all saying, we was all saying, Greg Golden is going to be the next Elijah, the next, mm-hmm. the next Shaq, the next best thing to ever come into the NBA. Nothing. Greg Golden played about like ten games. I'm right. He, he played more than ten games, but it's like we Nothing only got to see, we got we got him to see him like probably like I'm you know, honestly I think I've seen this dude play like ten times yo on yeah, team. Right. I don't think I've seen him play that much. Even in college when he was at Ohio State, he didn't play that much because he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He had that one good year at Ohio State, then got well, got drafted. We thought we thought Greg Oden was going to be the next best thing. Ends up blowing out his knee. We can't even play no more. It's yeah. like what do we what do you do? What what does he do? He can't do nothing, but it's like we better hope for the best that he didn't blow all his funds and he didn't lose everything and like you know just pray for the best. Where it's like we don't know what these dudes do. Like 
um, there's a lot of there's just like a lot of athletes where it goes through from like on both the girls' sides of basketball yep. and the side where we don't, especially the women's side. It's so so bad because it's like they go to college, they get the free education, but like the women's side doesn't even get that much respect when it comes to like to to funds. Like NBA G League dudes, I think make more than the WNBA players, right? I think some at this G point, League, yeah, I think some G League do, do, do dudes play make make more than them. So it's like, how is it that we can't even like? Fully prepare, like I think they got a. I don't even. I think I think I might make some more than some some of them. I think they got a. They got a. Yo. <laughs> no, I'm just it saying. Shows how unfair this world it's is. Just shows how unfair it is. Like it how really is, is man. Athletes, but like we like, but you want to tell me so, but like you know what I'm saying. So this, this like especially for the female athletes, now that they have access to get paid with through the NIL or whatever. Yep. This is. I feel like it's mainly more beneficial for them because it's like. They're not getting paid. They don't get paid the same thing that the they, they male counterparts get paid. The WNBA is still a billion dollar industry. It's still a, yeah. It's still a billion dollar um a, a, a league. And it still, keeps growing and growing and it, with people like Sabrina Ioku and stuff and Sue yeah, Birds we, and what you have. But we can't pay them. But y'all don't pay them. Like it don't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense that what's her name makes more than than Brianna Stewart and she's like the face of the NBA. Like Danny Green. <laughs> Come on now, like just I, collecting like, rings. Like, <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of dudes in the NBA who make bank. They make more than a lot of these females, uh, these these women athletes. And then we can look up number stat for stat line for whatever. Yeah, I guarantee Brianna Stewart got better numbers than Danny Green for sure. She could beat him one on one. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> no disrespect to Danny Green, but like no slander to any of these NBA players or whatever. But it's like it's time to pay these female it's athletes. Time to man. Pay these, it's time to pay women athletes, and it's just like I don't. Th- and I'm glad like the NCAA did make that NIL thing where th- that every athlete can get paid now. It's just that now it's like more. It's going to correlate more for women athletes now that they can get paid more. With the NIL. So it's like the kid, the, the, the girls that are coming out of college now, right? Now right. that they get to go to school, now they're going to school for this um for ball for ball. Sure, they can get a million dollars contract from an NIL contract or whatever. That'll be more than their 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 WNBA contract, but they can force the dumb this can now force the WNBA to raise the price and salaries. Just the NIL alone, because it's like, well, you know what? I'm not gonna go to play in your league. Like, fuck your league. You guys don't pay nothing. I'm not going to leave college early to come to the WNBA. I'm not, I'm going to go over, you know what I'm saying? They'll stay in college longer. Possibly figure out what they want to do with their life after basketball. If they want to go to the WNBA, they could go to the WNBA. But it's like the money that they made from the NIL can set them up for their future that they don't have to go play in the WNBA. You know what I'm saying? So they can make I these do. investments. They can do smart investments. They can they can make their money work for themselves. They can start to become owners in companies and and just and and, and broaden their uh, broaden their financial horizon and show like, there's I'm, more I'm, than just there's more to life than playing. And, and just playing and on ball. Top of it. Like, oh, yeah. I don't got to do this wear and tear on my body no more for four years. I can go to school here, make some cash, get some good money, and go genuinely to enjoy free, it. Get some cash on the side, and and then and then do what I want to do. What the WNBA? We can just make some money alone. I was like, we don't gotta go there. We don't gotta hurt ourselves no more. We don't gotta do this. It'll force the WNBA to really rise their prices and salary. It'll yeah. force that salary cap to rise because these players are now going to know their worth. If I'm getting a million dollars um sponsorship deal while I'm in college, why would I not be able to sign for a million dollar contract in the WNBA? It'll force that. It should force it. If it doesn't, I just think that you know that WNBA is cheap. 
But the NIL is definitely, I think it's benefited these athletes. I think um, it'll put colleges in a better in a better space where now it's like you know these athletes don't got to worry about not eating no more because there's been times where we've all been we've all been broke college students before where you got ten dollars in your account you got to wait till like next week you call a mom and dad to send you a hundred dollars to put in your account for you real quick so you could get something to eat and you just like it's it's hard and it's like you know i don't i don't understand how people who've gone to college or you know have or have sent their kids to college, how you can say, oh, these athletes don't deserve to be paid. Oh, they're, oh, they're spoiled brats. Oh, they don't deserve this. My, like, I've had to pay my way through school. Bro, you no, you just didn't play a sport. That's okay. You didn't make that decision. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? But don't knock them for doing something that they love to do and with their, able, with their ability, with that the ability God gave them to do and do well. Don't knock them for that because... You can't do it and you can't get to that level. It's okay that we're not, you know, we're not all meant to play at that division one level or the division two or the division three level. We're not meant to. Some of us are meant to just play in youth. Some of us are meant to just play up to high school. Some of us are meant to play in collegiate. Some of us are meant to go to pros. We're not all built the same. And I think everyone needs to accept like everyone's differences and just like where like where we're at. And it's like, it's not ever called settling. It's just like, yo, being at peace with yourself and like, you know, understanding where you're at and then just like putting your putting your best foot forward every single time that's all it takes is like you know just doing that dude and there's no reason why you can't do that there's no reason why anyone can't do that and we believe in you don't let this cruel tough world bring you down fight against it and more times than not you'll get through it Definitely. I think people just need to realize, like, you know, it's all on self and what you view as yourself is your self-worth. There's times that I was told I was too cocky. It was just like, bro, I wasn't cocky. I just had enough confidence in myself to know, like, I didn't care who, like, what was the situation was. I just, I'm going to bet on myself. If I can't bet on myself, who's going to bet on me? You know what I mean? Like, if you don't believe in yourself, who else? Why Why would the next person believe in you if you don't even believe in your own abilities and your own capabilities? You got to you gotta believe in yourself. If you believe, like, in your whole heart that, you know, you're the best or whatever the case may be, it's like you want to be the best, you got you to gotta just put that effort in. You got to go for it. And you got to just, you got to just, you got to put your feet, you got to put your feet forward and just keep trucking at it. It's at the end of the day, it's going to be a whole bunch of naysayers where people don't understand. Like, look about, think about it. Everyone hates the top dog in every sport. Everyone hates Alabama. Everyone hates Tom Brady. Everyone hates the Yankees. Everyone mm-hmm. hates, you know what I'm saying? Everyone hates LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. We just hate the best. Why? I don't know why. We just live in a society where it's like, we're so okay with wanting to not accept excellence. We like to see mediocrity. We like to see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We do we not envy it. We're jealous we, of it. We, but no we're reason. jealous of excellence when it comes to like, I think in life, if you pursue excellence, you'll get that. If you pursue mediocrity, you'll get mediocrity. How are you going to like, it's, it's literally like how you live life. Like, how are you expecting to, you know, make a million dollars, but you didn't wake up today and try to make one dollar? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Every dollar counts. You can't just say, oh, I want a million dollars. Bro, you don't know how to make one dollar. The start goal is to learn how to make one dollar. Because once you learn how to make one dollar, that one dollar multiplies. That's all it is. You just got to learn how to make one dollar. Then you get to that million. But if you can't figure out how to just make that one dollar, you won't get to that million. And there's no one's going to come here and drop a million dollar sack of money on you and just be like, here's your million dollars. No. 
You got to grind for it. The same way that they get paid these million dollars, there was times they were up 5 a.m. in the gym taking those jump shots, dribble drills, running sprints. Don't While we're asleep, they're up, get into it, and going at it. That's the difference is they're striving for excellence while we're, some of us are striving for mediocrity and we push we push for people to be mediocre. I don't think we push for people to be excellent anymore in life. I think it's like the way that we just push each other to be is like, it's okay if you don't win. Like, it's okay if you get it, like you get in last place. Like, it's okay to go like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. and, yo, I swear, I'm telling you, like, I think that's why I had like a lot of issues with like in, in high school with like our, my coaches. It was just like, we were pushed to be mediocre. And it's just like, and I had a bad attitude. My attitude issue was, I'm not okay with being mediocre. I'm not okay with playing bad, playing bad week in, week out. I'm not okay with it. And it's like, I wasn't a bad teammate about it. It's just like, you know, I just have a certain level of excellence that I want to reach. And it's like, it'll come out of frustration if like, I'm trying to give my all and my whole, everyone else is not like on that same type of wavelength and on that same type of page where it's like, yo, it's not, it's not that I don't think you're, you're not good. I think you're actually good. I think you're great. It's just that, are you willing to put in that work and are you willing to go that extra mile to get there? And then for someone it's just like, all right, you're pushing too hard. It's just like, I don't think I'm pushing too hard because it's like, I'm going way harder than what you're going. I know you can go harder than that. And I know we can go harder, but it's just like, you know, when you're told like, it's okay to lose. It's not okay to lose. No, Actually, not. it is okay to lose. It is okay to lose. It is okay to lose. It's 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 not okay to not want to win. Yeah, that's that's where that's it's a not better okay. way to. That's, it's that's okay to word. fail and fall down, but it's not okay it's, to give up on yourself and fail want. yourself. Exactly. It's okay. So it's not. It's not okay to not want to actually be the best. It's, it's not okay to not want to win. It's it's just not okay. If you automatically wake up with that mindset where it's like, oh, right, it's okay if I lose today. No, that is not okay. That is not okay. You cannot wake up with the with that mindset of being being lo- losing is just like it's okay for me today. Nah, not on that aspect. No, it's okay if you woke up today and you had you put your best foot forward and you know you still. Can- came up short today. That's okay. But you still came with that energy and that want and that, and that effort to want to win and want to go forward and want to do better. But you just can't have that mindset where it's like, all right, I'm okay with being mediocre. And this is how life is just going to be. I'm going to roll with the punches. Nah, there's going to be times in life where you got to punch back. You can't be a punching bag. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I think once we, once we get to that point where, you know, or it's, it's, I won't say we, it's like, you know, I think, I just want your listeners to know, like, you know, it's okay, you know, if you're struggling with things right now in life, um, you're young, If even if you're old, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Age really doesn't matter when success finds you. Success finds you at your own pace and your own time. You can't look at what everyone has going on in their life because, you know, not everyone's happy in their life. So you can't just base your happiness based off of what you see on social media posts, what you see, basically what you're what your friends say or what your parents say or whatever, you kind of got to find that internal happiness amongst yourself. And you got to kind of just, you know, hunker down and just, and be, and and just tell yourself like, all right, today's the day I'm going to get better. And if you get better 1% every day, you know, you kind of, you're accomplishing big goals now. You will, and you can make it happen. And Tomar, you've been giving me gold this whole show. So many great highlights and sound bites, man. You have one great head on your shoulder. And Uh, thank you for coming on, man. There's just one last thing we have to do that I end off every first appearance of the show. And Tomar, I hope you want to come back on, especially for this football season. We'd love to talk football around with you. Oh, you already know, bro. 
especially in the collegiate level, too. Man, this has been great. And please tell Marcus that what's up and your brother Clifford and have them tune in. And anyway, I can help my listeners get to know about informed stats. Oh, that yeah. would be um, Guys, really let me, great. Uh, I'll let you know our Instagram and stuff. So you guys can follow us at underscore informed stats on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Uh, I think we have a Pinterest. Um, if you guys want merch, we got T-shirts, polos, mm-hmm. sweatpants, hats. Um, and if you're an athlete, parent, coach, player, tap in with us. You know, we'll come out wherever you are across the country. We travel. We'll make it there. Trust me, we've been everywhere and anywhere. Uh just look into us. If you're excited, if you're up and coming players, you know, we have training sessions in the off season for you. We can connect you with um, trainers, uh, individual coaching, individual trainings for um, position specific at, um, players like football. If you're a D lineman, we have D lineman coach, O-line coach, running backs, coach, receivers and quarterbacks, coaches, DBs, all that. We work with any, we work with all trainers. Um, same with basketball. We have guard specific and big man specific coaches. Um, and AAU programs that we can connect you with. If you want to play on different AAU levels, we can connect you with these AAU teams. So we're just like, we're almost like, we're a bit, we're trying to turn this into a giant conglomerate within the sports uh, sports world. Um, U sports is, I don't know if you know, is a billion dollar industry. Oh so, yeah, especially yeah, so, now. Exactly. And um, so we, we're basically just trying to get our, our, our footing in it. And, you know, like I said, like we're just young, ready to go we're we're available all the time you know if you guys if anybody's ever interested check us out on informstats.com as well um like i said social media underscore informstats all one word um and you know just give us a follow and just uh you know just look out for us we're coming yeah we're so excited to see what the journey brings you so this last part i'm gonna ask you 10 questions short but deep questions and tomar with the gray head on your shoulders i'd love to hear your perspective on this stuff so you ready to do this yeah shoot let's do it man and we've been at it for hour 45 minutes has it felt like more than 20 minutes that's how you know this was a great show man i just want to put that out there i appreciate it all right. My first question for you on the proudest questionnaire is what's your favorite word? Uh, my favorite word? Yeah. <sighs> right now, goofy. <laughs> That's a first one. Because, like all right, so I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I say <laughs> so Why is that? So, like, when someone pisses me off, right, and <laughs> like, oh, I fucking hate you, you asshole, da 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm trying to cut down on Chris. I'm like, oh, you're a, you're a goofy. You're a goofy. <laughs> and, you're a goofy. goofy. And it, it gets, it gets people, it kind of gets them, the person mad because you're like, what? I'm not a goofy. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you a goofy. Huh? Like, that's my favorite word. Right I call someone a goofy. Yo, I'm going to steal that from you for a little bit. See how that goes. I definitely know some people need to be called goofy. A goofy, exactly. <laughs> and they literally act like that. I mean, shit. Number two is, uh, what's your least favorite word? Um, Cumbersome. Cumbersome. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, the, re- the reason why is because, like... One of my old supervisors tried to use that. I'm like, cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Like, it's like, oh, this this is starting to become very, I don't know what it was. I think I didn't respond to him in an email, but it was just like, <laughs> you know how sometimes you work in those settings where it's like you have a supervisor who's like overzealous. They're so like, um, they're so much big headed that about it. Yeah. Like, bro, like, 
I, I'm not going to lie. I don't like to shit on people, but it's just like, I was just like, bro, I don't see myself being here long-term and giving myself to the company like that, where it's like, you have sold your soul to the company. It's like, you're, you want me to sell my soul to them too. And it's just like, I'm not for that. I'm not here for that. Like, and you're, you're trying to push like this narrative on me. Like, I, like I got to give myself to the company where it's just like, no, like I'm not doing that. Like, it took you 10 years to get to this position. So you were here for 10 years just to get to this managerial role? Bro, kiss my ass. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So that word has always stuck with me, and I've never liked that word ever since. Look at that, dude. Look at that. My third question for you. <clears throat> now, I say this. This isn't a sexual question, even though some people have dirty minds to think when I ask that. They think of that kind of stuff, but this is more of a life and fulfillment question. But what turns you on in this world? Um, I would say probably a drive to success, and like you know, my yeah. parents. Um, coming from my parents, coming from Haiti, being uh, so like you know that just drove me a lot. Um, I always wanted to just do more for myself and just do more um, within life. So I think it's like my parents, um, and just uh, you know just the pride that they raised me and my brothers with and like just to have the ability to like, you know, just don't take no for an answer. Like if you feel like you can achieve something just because one person said no and like one door closed, that doesn't mean all your options are closed. There's still, there's still a way around it. You know, you can always go around someone, whether if you got to go around someone, Hey, go around them. If you could go, if you got to go through them, go through them. If not, you know, just find a way through. So I think uh, it's just like just in, internal success was, is what wakes me up. I would say it's like the way my parents raised me is what um, specifically my dad, like the way my dad moved around, like and how he just like how he raised us. Like he was like, Yo, I just I didn't come to this country. He always said I didn't come to this country for you guys just to be average. You know what I mean? I yeah. came for you guys to be successful, for you guys to be, to do great things. So to me, it's like when he said that, I always would like. I never understood it until I kind of got older. Like I was like, I, was, I think I was like my sophomore year in school. He's he, and it just popped up back in my head because he said it to me when I was in high school. He was like, I didn't come to this country for you to be average. I came for you to be successful and be great. And I was just like, I see what you're talking about now because it clicked for yeah. me. It clicked. So I think it's that. I think it's my parents is what what is what uh is what turns me on to be successful. Or what, what, what 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 that's what my force like or or my energy comes from when it comes to being successful. Now that's a great story right there. Hear you there, loud and proud. What turns you off in this world? Laziness. Seeing people be lazy. Seeing people be lazy. It's just like even my even myself. When there's days where I'm lazy, it, it does turn me off. Where it's like it's not it's not healthy. I think uh, just laziness in general is just like something that turns me off. Like if you're a lazy person, I really don't want to be around you or associated with you, have anything to do with you. I think um. That's that's probably my thing that turns me off is like just laziness. I I can hear you on that. That's me too in agreeing. That's not me being lazy. That's me agreeing. I hate laziness the most. We have too much of a life. Just to, to just, just not be, be lazy. Damn just straight. Stagnant lazy. Yeah. Not about that, man. We're about being above average. Different is the thing to be. And with that, what sound or noise do you love, Tomar? Um. Like as a collective sound or as a like, like, or like, what do you mean? Like sound? Yeah. Like, like it could be, you know, like a, the sound of a basketball dribbling or mm. the sound of birds chirping or like my, the way I'd answer that. I love a loud crowd. That's my personal favorite. The roar, the roar of a loud clap, the roar of a loud crowd. 
So for me, I would probably say um, this is weird, but all right. So boom, like in football, right? There's just like this. Um, that used to be my favorite part of the of like the season, like when it gets to like that fall season, mm-hmm. and like you got your helmet on or whatever, and it's kind of cold, and you can hear the wind coming through like the holes or whatever. Yeah. That's like my favorite sound. It's so it puts me at ease. Like mm-hmm. that that really used to like put me at ease. Like when I used to go to get ready for practice, it'd be a windy day or a nice chill day or whatever, and you get that breeze through your ear hole and like and you just kind of hear the winds pass by and you feel it too. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. <laughs> classic. That's like the best noise or like the best sound I think I could come up with, like or the best feeling that I probably would I probably would ever like exp- I've experienced. Like I love I miss that so much when it comes to like football but like that's like that's one of the things i was always saying like yo i'm gonna miss this right here it's like just putting the helmet on and then feeling that wind come through your ears like i don't think too many players if if you're a player you probably know what i'm talking about but if not like it it probably sounds crazy but trust me only football players know what i'm talking about good answer good answer what sound or noise do you hate um a screechy chalkboard (laughs) like that, <laughs> that, 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 that scratch noise on the chalkboard. Right before they went, we were at West Rocks before they put the smart boards in for most classes. Stuff like that. That, like that used to West drive Rocks. me crazy, yo. Mm-hmm. That used to drive me crazy. I could not, like, I couldn't concentrate in class because of that noise. Mm-hmm. And I, my teachers probably thought I was bad or I had some issues, but it was just like, I did not like that noise. The way it sounded just made me irk so much and I just couldn't take it. Shouts to technology for not needing those anymore. Yo, for real. Shout out to the kids who never had the chalkboards in class. Man. <laughs> You're a smart board baby. Shout out to you. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Um, I don't know. Son of a man. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I usually get fuck, and I like a different answer. So good one on that. Cause son of a bitch is funny. Yeah, you this son of a bitch. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. It is. Dana, you're pissed off at a restaurant. You gave me the wrong meal, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think it would be that. <laughs> what profession or the many professions you got right now, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, I would like to do sports agent. Ooh, I think you'd be great. Uh, you'd be yeah, a great negotiator like to, right there. I kind of would like to get into sports. I don't know if I want to do it. Yeah, but if I had the opportunity to go back and learn and whatever, choose that as um take a class or just learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, representation. Sport, yeah, sports representation, uh, being a sports agent. I definitely yeah. would go that route. I see, it, it looks cool. Um, And one is like, you know, you get to negotiate. Because these, these agents is getting these players Hey, yeah, and endorsement paid. deals too. Um, what's the name signed? A crazy number of deal. What's the dude from the Celtics? Robert Williams? Oh, yeah, the 58 million. The 58 million. I didn't know who he was. The like, center. Was, was, damn, like, yo, he just signed a bag. <laughs> He's I'm like a like, backup center. Shout out to the agents. That's who's really <laughs> that's who's really closing out these deals. It's the agents. Yeah. I'm like, I'm they looking at some of these numbers. I'm like, shout out to his agent. That's who really that's who we need to shout out is the agent. Because it's just like, oh, I don't know how they're getting these bags for these players, but they are getting these players some bags. And I just like, I feel like I could do that for somebody. I can get somebody. Yeah. I can get somebody. If Robert Williams could get a hundred mil, get a fifty or whatever, hundred mil a year contract. Man, I know I can get somebody <laughs> some money. 
I know I can negotiate and get somebody some good money. Yo, it's not, it's never too late, man. And you've also are seeing some of these agents becoming GMs now, like Leon Rose for yeah. the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You had Brody Van Wagenen for the Mets, even though he sucked and he's not the GM anymore. But still, there's a great avenue where representation is taking people now. Mm-hmm. What profession would you not like to do? Um, Man, that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be a cop. Yeah, I wouldn't be a cop. No, no cops. Too stressful. Too stressful. Too stressful. For real. Too stressful of a job. Let's straight on that. And Especially this decade. Yeah, people are assholes and it's too much going on in the world. I wouldn't be a cop. I think that's yeah. That's probably the one I wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't be an officer. Fair enough. And my final question for today, Tomar, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? My son, you made it in. Welcome home. Look at that. Tomar Joseph, you gave us one of the best episodes of this show ever. You put the productive and productive conversations. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there any final words? Um, You know, to everybody, you know, just keep pushing. You know, it's a pandemic out here. Mask up. I don't care if you got a vaccine or not. If you don't have the, if you're anti-vaxxer, whatever, I'm cool. I'm happy. (laughs) Just don't bother these people that's outside wearing a mask and getting vaccined up. Let people be who they are. Enjoy people for who they are. Um, And just enjoy life. Like, let's stop being so mean to each other. Life is short. You know, we got to just, we just got to come together and, you know, let's just be happy for one, one another. You know what I'm saying? Let's all, let all this jealousy and stuff go away. You know, if you got any hate tells anybody, drop the hate, pick up some love, call somebody, tell them you love them. You know, if you haven't spoken to them in a long time, you know what I mean? Just uh, just be happy for your peers and uh, just be happy for what life has given you. And, uh, you know, it's always a better day tomorrow. So think about that. Always could change your outcome in life, uh, wherever you're at in life. You know, it's always a it's always a positive outcome. Look positive towards life and, you know, positive things start happening. So that's pretty much it. Live a life full of positivity and just try to be positive as much as you can. You know, there's going to be days that will be rough. But uh, like I said, just look to be positive and, you know, positive things will start to happen. Or, you know, even if they don't, just look at the positive side of life. You know, you're still breathing, you're still alive. And it's another day that you have a chance to do better. You're a real one, Tomar. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to do this again. Yeah, and definitely. Let me yeah, know man. about the next session. Let's do a part two, man. I'm definitely down. Oh, I'm down for three, four, five after that, too. You were amazing on it, Tomar. I can't wait to continue this conversation again soon. Caps right. off to you, Tomar. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, Matt. All right, have a great night. Tomar Joseph, everybody. All the love, Tomar. Thank you so much for a classic episode. Thank you for a real, honest, and deep conversation. And thank you for the energy you brought to me and my audience. We appreciate you, Tomar. And we appreciate you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world. Thank you for making this possible. I just want to remind you one last time, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this podcast on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check out all the exclusive content we have in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. And we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. 
This show was everything we hoped for and more, and we're back tomorrow for one of the best times of the year, the time where we preview the NFL season that is coming up. It is intense. It is long-awaited. And it's going to be a wild, intense, but enjoyable ride as we break down all 32 teams. We break down each division. We predict who is going to be in the big game in February. Who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl? Well, I bring on some of the great members of my NFL team that'll be in and out throughout the football season. And I'm going to leave that to be a surprise and introduce to you those gentlemen who are helping me break down the NFL season this year going to hit a little bit on some college football power five conferences throughout the fall as well so it's football season everybody let's have a big smile on our faces get those wings get that beer enjoy that stuff responsibly and let's enjoy the great american game known as football and we enjoy the best league that presents football the national football league so be in tune and be ready for that this thursday Until then, I'm going to do some more research and going to be watching film. Just going to be doing my normal routine as I soak up the National Football League. Oh, baby, it's going to be a great time and you do not forget it. So we will see you on Thursday for that. And then we're going to enjoy the Bucks and the Cowboys to kick off the NFL season. And for the next three to four months, we are going to cover a lot of NFL stuff on top of the other great things we do with this show. So let's enjoy that, and let's make sure we have a good rest of the week until then. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I'll see you in a couple days. Do well until then. Peace! All she needed was some...